everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Good Anime Palette Podcast. This is episode number 39. We are going over new seasonals. We are. I'm wearing new glasses, which Will has failed to notice. And uh, I'm your co-host, Jason. Will is over here. He's, he's <laughs> laughing. His, he's laughing his ass off. I've it's no one idea. of those things where it's like you're being such a fucking cinderate. It's like when is he gonna notice my new hair, huh? I made my hair in a new a new style. I cut it. I bleached it. And he hasn't said anything about it. Wow, you little cinderate queen. Well, good morning, everyone. Can I'm you... not a queen, but yeah, sure, cinderate. I'll, I'll, I'll what, take whatever it. you want to be. Okay, nice glasses, by the way. Yeah, thanks. Okay, I actually have another one. Well, I mean, you wear that, I still won't fucking notice. Yeah, I take off my glasses, and there's another I mean, glasses. I, I don't keep track of like these minute details, but you know, now that you brought it up, yeah, I can, I can see it now. I, usually, you have like the little the, the little wood frame ones. And... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's now my backup backup. Maybe I just didn't look deep into your eyes this morning. But what we're going deep into is our seasonal premieres. And uh, But first, what we have been reading, watching, some news. Uh, we cut back a lot of news, but there are some that are pretty interesting. Actually, one that is just hilarious. Yeah, we got a lot of stuff to go over in terms of the seasonals because uh, it just came in hot and heavy. Just loads and loads of releases and premieres, uh, day to day, week to week. So we wanted to at least try and cover as much as we can, but at the same time have some caveats. There's a go- there's going to be a lot of series that we're not going over, but we'll go over the reasons as to why we didn't cover them. All right. So reading, watching, we are going to forgo most of it because this is seasonal time. Technically, if this was like part of like the release schedule, um, this kind of counts as a as a seasonal in the sense that it literally like dropped in the beginning of October, uh, not October, in the beginning of uh, July. So um, yeah, uh, if anybody has been keeping track with uh, the news from Anime News Network, Crunchyroll, uh, or whatever syndication you use to get your anime news, you might know of a, a very very popular manga series that's getting an adaptation called chainsaw man what yeah csm one of the hotly most anticipated manga slash anime series currently i would even say all time like it's just people just would not stop talking about it because part one of chainsaw man as you and i have read is is amazing hey it's it's fucking crazy and we will not stop talking about it all the way till it premieres and then we will continue to not stop talking about it now, we did go over some news before where there has been, not really delays, but there hasn't really been a lot of news as to when Chainsaw Man's coming out. Like, we know the studio, we know the kind of season it's supposed to drop, but it didn't have any, like, I think it was, like, one of the cons recently where they released a bunch of trailers and uh, reveals for a certain series, but there wasn't any mention of Chainsaw Man. Yeah, Anime Expo 2022, except Chainsaw Man was largely absent. But isn't absent though is the continuation of the manga series so rather than it being a like sort of like a, a sequel it's just essentially the second part like you, you would say like the second long-awaited arc of the chainsaw man series so do you want to know a first world we problem that i had which, which is... is on my anime list originally i had chainsaw oh, right. man as a manga entry and listed as completed because i completed it but then they didn't have a part two entry so i literally had to take Chainsaw Man Part 1 completed out of retirement and into currently reading. It feels shit when it's like you think you're done, but it turns out that's uh, no, that was just a false dawn. Uh, you actually had a lot more to read because since two weeks ago, Chainsaw Man Part 2 had released, and there are two brand spanking new chapters of the Chainsaw Man manga. So uh, chapter 98 and 99, and next week is 
100, so it's going to be pretty crazy chapter, I presume. This would be the longest-running manga series that Fujimoto has done. I believe that with, for example, Fire, Fire Punch, Punch, it only ran for eight volumes, so I think it got to around like the 80-ish mark in terms of chapters. And I liked Fire Punch, but I could see why like, it would not be able to sustain. I, I hope that it gets a little more popular, but at the same time, the subject material is pretty rough. I mean, speaking of rough, Chainsaw Man is also, oh, God, the first chapter was just, if you hadn't already seen it from the first chapter of the part one, part two just kicks things off high octane. You definitely do not miss a beat. And I think anybody who has been reading One Punch Man, no, One Punch Man, Chainsaw Man, that's so easy to mix up, Chainsaw Man and uh, just really missed it, yo, get on the manga, just read it whilst Mappa is still working on the anime adaptation. So part two is known as the school arc. That's not a spoiler. That's been announced as the school arc. And now we have a better idea of what that meant. And without really going into the plot details of the panel by panel, I am very ecstatic that this was the direction that they went down. Because it's honestly not what I thought it would end up being. Oh, yeah. No, I thought it was straight up just going to be like that kind of specific formula where you see the opening of a school and then like the characters you've come to know from the past are all already there and then you're just basically watching more Chainsaw Man. But you're actually not doing it. It kind of is, but instead it kind of takes a step to the side and introduces a whole new world, but still interconnected with the original Chainsaw Man universe. In fact, certain characters or a lot of those characters have yet to make an appearance, which is also quite refreshing because you would think that the first it's, it's kind of like overlord season two where the beginning of overlord season two is not really thing, fucking weird is really weird but it then makes sense later on so hey and, and i think that you know with the i mean almost a whole decade's worth of work from fujimoto i think he's kind of boiled down his science like to the point where he just knows how to execute the right formulas. And so far, despite the fact that it's only been two chapters, I think it's still like really, really damn good. I'm waiting for 100. And then however many more chapters and volumes there will be beyond uh, what we're currently reading right now. But um, yeah. yeah. And, and you can read it uh, currently for free on Jump Plus Manga Plus. Um, I think they will do the thing where the first three chapters and the later three chapters will be available for free and everything in between requires a subscription. Yeah, so it's like, I think each thing is like free for a limit of three weeks minus the first three weeks, uh, th first three chapters. And then everything, and then afterwards, like when a new chapter releases, the, the fourth most recent one then goes into the paid subscription. Uh, but that just means like, hey, look, you still have a pretty good time window to catch up. Or just buy the other manga. It's, it, it's. I don't want to continuously shill for Chainsaw Man because everyone in this fucking world is doing it. But it's really goddamn good. It's so good. And part two seems to continue that trend, which is good. All right, that is the end of our reading, watching. Well, yep, we're gonna go into the uh, news and uh, which is the news section, really, because uh, we got a lot of stuff to cover. So uh, we'll go over some. Important news, uh, two really, really interesting yeah. tidbits, actually. One, which is like, wow, what, like, how the fuck did this happen? So the first piece of news is the less interesting one, but is still equally important, is Crunchyroll. I've mentioned that name before numerous times. You should know what that is. It's pretty much the only premium anime streaming site right now. And uh, 
funny enough, they have announced, I think last week, that they're reducing monthly prices in nearly 100 countries and territories. So you can go online to check whether or not the place that you live has this uh, reduced fee. Hong Kong has. And it reduced it from, what, $78 to 45 or something? Yeah, it ended up being, like, well over, like, three U.S. dollars worth of uh, discount. In fact, like, if we were to just even look at other locations, for example, in the U.K., uh, if you have a Country Girl Mega Fan subscription, it will go from seven uh, £7.99 to £5.99. India, $9.99 U.S. dollars to 99 Indian rupees. Uh, in uh, Brazil, 32 ooh, 32 Brazilian reals to nineteen point ninety nine, uh, and then essentially like along with that and like ninety seven plus other countries in the world, also got a pretty big discount. So the reason why we felt the need to mention this is not only because Crunchyroll, if you consider anime streaming services, is basically Crunchyroll is is the king or queen, if however you want to attribute the gender, but also the more important thing is rarely do we see people lower prices rather than increased prices. So in terms of the motivation behind this, it can go into a number of different directions. I think also because recently before this announcement, uh, Crunchyroll announced that their basic plan, which is their free plan with ads, are basically restricted more so than what it was before. But I mean... They're just making it more enticing to get the premium plan. They merged with Funimation, so now the catalog is even larger. Exactly. Yeah, we we can't really pinpoint like one specific reason as to why there is this price discount. I mean, like you said, right, that acquisition merger with uh, Funimation could be a factor. Uh, it could also be the fact that there's speculation that Netflix is looking to slash their own subscription fees after their little partnership with Microsoft. But look, like whatever the reason may be, like I'm happy to be saving a couple dollars every month so i can continuously watch anime like I, I i don't see this as a bad thing at all like if anyone sees this as a bad thing like why like do you want to pay more money for a subscription no so our second and last piece of news is baka of the month except this time i think i was the baka of the month kind of uh on netflix they recently released the live action version of resident evil now, th- now, there always was a live action. We specifically mean the TV series That's as opposed correct. to the movie series. Uh, was it Mila, Mila, jo- M- Milgovich? Yeah, M- yeah. Mila Jovovich? Yeah, Mila Jovovich. Something. Something. So she plays Alice or something? I don't remember. Anyways, this live action Resident Evil based on the very, very well-known horror Japanese uh, action series has tons of remakes, massively popular. So why are we mentioning it on um, an anime podcast? Because... There is a scene. Oh, Will, do you actually? It was like ten seconds. It was a ten-second scene uh, in which okay. two girls are talking, and well, let's the not dialogue... mention their yeah. names because yeah. one of their names is spoilery. But let's... you take the first name, I take the second name, and then we'll just run through the 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 the, the, the conversation. Okay, so this so... it takes place in episode two. So within I... yeah within the umbrella facility. Um, that's not a spoiler. It's just, the game's been around for almost thirty years. But anyways, so, uh, so I'll start. Yeah. yeah, what's going on? Simon's got the new Decadence. It's the super hard-to-get anime. Not that hard. It's on... Yeah. Not here. Umbrella blocks torrent sites. Simon's like the only one that can get around the firewall. So within like five seconds, we got Decadence, which I think came out two years ago. Something like that. And yeah. then we got Nya, which is... Uh, 
it's a site. Let's it, just it, say it's a site that um, is very well to, known to procure certain things uh, in certain means. Uh, we don't want to go into that because we don't really want to, of course, you know, embellish any of, the, and, of and that nature. And for those people who don't know what nya is, it's basically the cat sound, the meow, but yeah. weep version. Onomatopoeia, but Japanese. Um, so within like five seconds, I, I, I mean, I wasn't even looking at Resident Evil. I have no interest in any live action or any like rendition of Resident Evil. I, I kind of like the games. The games are cool, but they got kind of boring after a while. I know that they have like the revamp with like it's seven really good. And, and eight. It's good, but I, I was more a Silent Hill fan, so I'm like really upset that whilst Capcom is still pushing out more and more Silent Hill, uh, Resident Evil games, Silent Hill has been like in is hell. It, is this Silent list. Hill Konami? Yeah, but Konami don't do shit because Konami's a terrible company. Well, they're also non, pretty much non. I mean, you saw what they did with Hideo Kojima. It's funny you say that. Yeah, but but let's not let's let, not, yeah, go into let's that not get into that. Uh, there is news about him, but we cut the news because so yeah. More and more every day, uh, anime is permeating into the mainstream as if it hasn't already been doing that. Also, of all the of all, anim- yeah. a- of all the anime to drop, name drop, you decide to use decadence. First of all, I approve of that choice. But I think- second, as well, it's like when I said it to you, you're just like, "Wait, well, like, are, are, are you sure you heard? A- are you sure they didn't say decadence? Like or, they're or, talking about like a chocolate? Oh yeah, this is so decadent, dude. Right? No, like- they they literally like I even had to I, I couldn't like screen cap it on my laptop, so I had to get my phone out and actually record it and then send it to Jason. And he's like, "Did they say nya?" And like, "Oh shit, they did say nya." And then literally twenty four hours later, everyone's reporting on it. But I have to say, Will. We were there in the front lines. We got the news first. We it's, it's it's weird. It's like this really shouldn't be newsworthy, but at the same time, it's like it's just one of those little pockets of like anime hitting the mainstream that you're just looking at. It's like yeah, yeah, anime is cool now. Anime is super cool, but at the same time, it's also just like, well, do they actually watch anything else besides decadence? So so, so here's the thing: why decadence is like. Ajin would have been a better choice, so to speak. Tokyo Ghoul, Parasite, not actually not Parasite, not Tokyo no, Ghoul. Paras- well, it's, it's too no, close no, to the source. No, 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 because Ajin was uh, licensed by Netflix. That's what I'm saying with Polygon oh. Pictures. So I was like, why don't you rep your own show? And you decided to use Decadence instead. But okay, look, I like Decadence. Why are you going to all of a sudden say, oh, why didn't you say Records of Ragnarok? Because it's shit. The anime adaptation is trash. That and, and you know what? If they had name drop records, Therme, of Rome, Nove, and then all of a sudden the second girl is like, "Yo, that is bullshit." I would have been like, "Okay, Netflix, you have." Can my you attention. imagine there's a kid like you know with his face in his hands, like shivering, and then like another girl comes up and says like, "Oh, what's going on? What happened?" It's like, "Oh, don't talk to him. He just finished watching Katara Lives Alone." Oh Jesus! <laughs> That's oh wow. That, that just watched. He, he just watched the live action rendition of Death Note. Oh. <laughs> Oh, he got his hands on it. The Duffer Brothers showed him an extra, like, five minutes of footage that no one else has seen. Like, I don't need to see Death Stranger Note things. But what you want to hear and see is our perspective on the summer seasonals, which we'll go into right now. Yep. So we're going to put an end to the news. Um, There was a lot of stuff, as we just mentioned, that we wanted to cover. But it's a very, very heavy summer season. Summer's here. School's out. So now it's time for anime. And uh, thankfully, you know, prior to the season happening, we were kind of thinking, uh, this kind of looks like a very mid kind of like eh season. But as we started watching stuff, yo, there's actually some bonkers anime. There's some bangers in there. So we're going to try and cover as much as we can. But before we go into the actual summer seasonals, uh, there's a couple of things that we've been doing behind the scenes. 
So the first thing is a bit of a disclaimer, which we do every in front of every seasonal premiere episode, which is we don't watch every single show. We watch more shows than we cover. We just decided that, hey, it's not worth talking about. And it doesn't mean that we'll continue watching all these shows. I mean, maybe when we have time, we'll go over what shows we have uh, kept and our feelings on them. But then after the disclaimers are gone, let's go back in time to spring 2022. Will and I have seasonal bets that we have with each other where we try to predict before any seasonal premiere happens how many of those shows would be an 8.0 or above on my anime list. So Will, at the time for spring, said, what did you say? You said like six? Yes. Oh, yeah, I said six. You said eight. So there was that middle ground of seven being like, the deadlock, like neither of us but one, we just move on to the next season, but we will essentially give like a little punishment. It's like, oh, no, no, it's I, like Batsu to no, each other. I think I said seven, actually, because nah, use it eight. You really? Said, like, we definitely had like a, a, a little, a little like sort of, we, we never like intentionally go for like a tie, as in like, you know, we always have a number in between ours. And I think it just so happened that you said eight, I said six, and that's why I was always content for it to be seven. I'm not sure. We, you, you, you can, you can, like, you know, Call me out if I say anything wrong. But, but what happened, Will? Essentially, we got to a point where there were six shows that were on 8.00 and up. And there were two shows in particular that were like in the ascendancy, one of which was Ayawashi. And uh, I really, really like Ayawashi. And as much as I was rooting for it to get to an 8, I also realized that if it does get to that 8.00 benchmark, it would essentially knock me out of the running for the seasonal bets. So, uh, asshole Jason decided to timestamp all the WhatsApp messages I sent to him in that uh, there was a period when Bookworm was slowly dropping in the ratings, but still holding on to an 8. No, it it dropped, and then it jumped back back up to like an 8.11 after the finale yeah so i just said like look like even if bookworm drops there's a good chance that awashi can take over and because i'm a huge soccer head and because i really really like awashi even if i have to take the defeat take the l i would at least take graciously because it's still awashi and uh will's prediction was correct because awashi is now uh, above an eight and uh, we said, I said it was seven or more. You said six or fewer. There you go. So then, like, even with uh, eight, nine, ten, it didn't matter. My fate was sealed as soon as Awashi took the seventh spot. So that means I won the seasonal bet. Yay. Okay. Now let's go on to the summer seasonal bets, which Will and I uh, determined before any seasonal premieres, but we just didn't announce it until right now. Yeah, so uh, we went into our predictions. I predicted there would be four shows or less that would be eight and up, and then Jason predicted six or more shows that would be eight and up. Uh, so I to say, uh, I'm not doing so hot right now. Right, and if there because because are- one, I'll I'll tell you exactly why I I fucked up on this one. I completely forgot that Love Live season two was playing the season. Yeah, so um. The, there is currently six shows that are 8.0 or above. Main Abyss Season 2, Overlord Season 4, uh, Classroom of the Elite Season 2, Call of the Night, uh, La Chorus, Recoil, and Love Live Superstar, the second season, with Uncle Isekai. Like, very, I think it's a 7.97, mm, right? Yeah, so that's it's correct. I, 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 I'm pretty sure it's going to breach an 8 because, well, I mean, we'll go over more later on, but uh, it's a damn good show. 
Spoiler alert. Um, but yeah, even if I had taken out um, like the fact that I forgot about Love Live and I actually like, included it as part of my calculation, I would still be at a five, which means I would still be losing this bet. Yeah, I actually wanted to go to seven or eight, but then I, I, I you know, cut it down to, to six because I did not know whether certain shows would, you know, reach the 8.0 benchmark. But uh, the one that we both thought would be a sure winner ended up being a sure loser and we'll get into that really yeah so uh we're gonna go quickly into just i guess sort of like a, a current and retrospective uh breakdown in terms of the stats just so that these people can sort of see the the trends of season per season at least for 2022 uh so in the current season 2022 summer um this is as current as possible i think the stats were taken in uh, either yesterday or the oh, day I did it today. Sorry, okay. I, I forgot to update the, yeah. the date. So I think at the moment, uh, as as updated and as current as possible, uh, we currently have a pretty decent spread of uh, six shows that are in the eight and eight point nine nine bracket, and then between six point zero zero to seven point nine nine, I would say that's like mid territory. Um, though of course, there's going to be some that are trying to be pushing themselves up to a higher grade. Uh, it's an even split of 16 and 16 between 6.00 and 6.99 through to 700 to 799. So a total of 32 entries. So that's where the majority of scores lie. It usually is. I mean, like even if you look back to like the previous season or the season before that, it's still very much mid-heavy. Um, then there are like two specific outliers. Um, one, which I think is uh, uh, that other. Oh, shoot. Uh, to the future. Uh the other soccer show that is uh, airing right now. Uh, I think that one's the one is uh, a five. And uh, then there's a 5.13, yeah. And, and the what's other the one? four? Mushashino. Oh, I think that's a sequel to the another Mushashino series. With um, a 4.76. So we do have some uh, stinkers. Uh, very, very... Uh, blatant why like we decided not to even mention them because we're, we're not we, we're not watching them now there is a, of course a, a caveat there are certain series in here that are also included to the calculation uh specifically an ona is that an ona or is it like actually like a, a, a serialized tv show all i know is that it's on Crunchyroll, so i'm not sure if there's a time slot for it right well we'll, we'll mention that later on uh in the previous season uh which uh, we covered in uh, episode 33 this is spring 2022 uh, we got some. We, we actually got a lot of really, really good shit. We had seven, eight to eight point nine nine, and we had one that was a nine to nine point nine nine. Uh, anyone want to guess what that show is? It's currently the highest ranked show on Mal. Kaguya-sama season three. Previously, there was Wait, also is number one. It's it's still number one. It overtook uh, Fullmetal Alchemist Brotherhood. Because there was that thing where people just started slandering like Brotherhood and bringing the score down, and then the, the, the FMA fans started coming in and bringing down the score for Kaguya. But I think at the moment, it's still got a 0.03 lead over it. So uh, do you, you want to know another uh, first world we problem? Is if you go to myanimelist.net right now and look at spring lineup, the first thing you see if you arrange by score or anything really is actually a couple of cuckoos because they pinned it. And I'm assuming it's because they paid money. Uh, you watched Couple Cuckoos? Yeah, I did. It's all right. But it's not like the top show of the season or like, like ever, right? 100% not the top show of the season. Yeah. So they were like, so pretty good, right? Eight total of shows that are 800 and up. Uh, and then it was incredibly mid-heavy. 
like almost 42% of spring 2022 was a 7 to 7.99. 32% of it was a 6, point, a 6 to 6.99. And crazy enough, there were actually five shows that were in the uh, don't even bother watching section, at least to us. Uh, that was a total of 50 shows. Uh, there were some things that were included. Um, for example, like some ONAs like Tiger and Bunny Season 2, Ultraman Season 2, as well as a movie, Bubble. Um, but uh, there wasn't uh, a specific show called Therme Rome Nove because we didn't discuss it during the episode. I think it came out after the premiere. Yes, that's correct. So, um, And then Winter has similar kind of distributions for summer where everything was bunched to the sixes and sevens, which makes a lot of sense, except there was one dude called Rusted Armor that decided to be like, yo, bro, how, crash lo- the party. how low can we go, apparently, down to the three-point-something-something category? Y'all thought that Tesla Nut was shit? Hey, hey, hold my beer. That's basically what happened. So, um, yeah, I think, like, so far, it's it, it's not like the current season is transcending everything else, right? It's still very much a lot of shows that are in the mid-range and then a handful of stuff that is doing really, really well. Right. So our hesitation in the beginning, like, like way back in looking forward to summer and being like, eh, and it turns out that actually it's pretty standard season and there are highlights as well as lowlights so speaking of those we will now go over very quickly the shows that we will not cover as part of this seasonal premiere starting with rent a girlfriend season two why aren't we covering it will because it sucks good okay don machi season four why aren't we covering it will because i haven't watched any of it and it sucks uh i watched season one and and also like the release schedule is kind of weird because i was actually like you know checking with jason unfortunately we um you know we we tried to confirm it i don't think either of us have a a high dive account we watch a lot of our stuff on everything else though i don't i don't have a high dive account anymore yeah so like on the high dive website it said that it was airing on july 21st but then other um, platforms such as like my anime list, I think even Annie Charts hit it as well, where it wasn't releasing until July 23rd. So who knows if it's out yet? Maybe they were just saying it because episode zero, the prequel season episode for it, had come out. But uh, yeah, we, we didn't bother watching it because I, I haven't watched a single episode. No. I think you watched how much of season one did you watch? Well, no, wait, I do have a high dive account because I watched uh, a Yumu. Oh, right. Yeah. Then hey, share your account, man. I, I, okay. <laughs> I just been watching it with you. Uh, anyways, uh, why aren't we covering Main Abyss season two? Will, if you haven't already heard from us, uh, despite our love for Kevin Penkin, I don't think his music is enough for us to continue watching Main Abyss. Kevin, and therefore, Kevin, sorry, we, we we love you, but really, um, we don't. Will and I don't really care that much. But about I, don't, I don't think he has any output in terms of like how the story goes. Like, he just makes the music, right? So he gets a pass. But, but Main Abyss season two is currently the highest rated uh, my anime list season summer seasonal it's a very high eight um 8.77 it's it's it's, i mean obviously it's insanely popular but for one reason or another neither jason or i could get into it and so therefore if we didn't finish season one then what's the point of watching season two kagigurui twin uh it's not coming out until the week after this recording releases so uh we definitely will cover it though 100 percent. there's going to be an episode where like you know where we're doing our read watch list if if it's been out and it's been covered then we will go over it uh, KJ Files. This, is, this was an interesting one. Of all the shows that are on the uh, the summer seasonal lineup, this is one show that is actually not simulcasting outside of Japan. Now, I, I can get it. It's not a super like well-known property. Uh, KJ stands for Kaiju, so Kaiju Files. And I was actually super interested in it because I, I do like myself some Kaiju, but... 
it's, hey. it was more just a, like a little um like curiosity surprise surprise the guy who likes ultraman also likes kaiju right, who would have thunk right? yeah who would have thunk right so um, unfortunately because it's not like broadcasting outside of japan can't watch it what about the maid i hired recently is mysterious so this one i actually like you and i both really wanted to watch this not like i mean of course there's specific reasons as to why people want very to watch cultured it. reasons let's yes, just say yeah yes um but unfortunately uh this will be released after the recording so by the time you listen to this recording it should already have aired its first episode but because you know we can't travel through time and all that you know even if we did we can only go through the past can't really jump to the future um so we can't cover it fudo pi another thing as well it doesn't release until after the recording uh august 1st specifically so we're not covering it now but again it's another one that i would also be wanting to watch as well all right so then right now we will go over the stuff that we will have actually watched and we will split it into sequels and dumpster fires and then we will take a break and then we'll go over the recommended the maybes and the recommended basically in that order yeah so there were actually quite a few seasonals that we did watch um one which has been long awaited for most i mean for me i was kind of okay not having a second season but devil is a part-timer season two finally came out and uh boy it is uh more or less the same shit. So just to give like a quick rundown in terms of what it is, uh, if you have because it's been almost like a decade since the last, no, at least like five years. No, almost last, a decade. Twenty thirteen. Really? Jesus. Spring. Okay. So uh, it's based on a light novel series of the same name by Satoshi Wakahara, uh, who does the story, and then Zero Two Nine, who does the art. Uh, now the both the light novel and manga adaptation are done in English by Yen Press. Season one, as Jason mentioned released in 2013, specifically the spring season. Now, at the time, it was done by Studio White Fox, which I quite like. Uh, but this time around, for the second season, it's being produced by Hertz. Studio 3 Hertz. Hertz. Yeah, and uh, the art style has also changed from, I guess, the more typical anime look to, I think, more akin to the manga adaptation to look a little bit more, I guess, cutesy in a way. But... Will, what do you think of Devil's a Part-Timer Season 2? So, Season 2 is kind of playing out in a similar way as to another seasonal that's playing right now. I think you know which one I'm talking about. But um, it's, yeah, more or less the same thing, just the different coat of painting. Uh, it's 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 good. I, I think it's it's still something that, like, I, I mildly enjoy. Do I remember watching the first season and being like, this is this is pretty damn good. I don't think it was like earth shatteringly good, but I was at least committed to watching the whole season. I mean, when you asked Jason from twenty fourteen, I gave it a six. Uh, I can I can see why. I mean, I it's, it's not necessarily the best show, but I think it's because it covers enough specific isekai and reverse isekai tropes and character tropes that if you like those things you'll very much enjoy it. if you thought they're overplayed then you'll probably be a little bit more critical of it i do like the new art style or at least the transition from the first season to second season maybe because of time uh i thought the second season the look and overall general feel is pretty much what i f- remember of season one the same characters same voice actors and actresses and uh everything seems to be the way it was as Will said, except with a different coat of paint and like a decade in the future. Yeah. So on to the next one, uh, Overlord. The, the fourth season uh, has also dropped. I think it's currently on episode three. 
It was a three or four. No, it was three because um, I didn't watch it yet. Uh, okay. Um, well, I have. It's. Uh, I watched the first two episodes though. It's it's very much the same thing, which is not a bad thing actually. Uh, just a quick recap as well. It's a light novel series, um, based on the same name, uh, written by uh, Kugane Maruyama, and the art was done by Sobin. Uh, the English uh, for the light novel and the manga are done also by Yen Press. I read the manga; it's, it's really good. Yep. So in terms of the anime itself, look, we've had three seasons. I think this. I think the, the wait between season three and season four was the longest one. Right. So there is season one, two, and three. I think there is Isekai Quartet, and then there's the one called There's the, a, there's, a, there's the a, Pie there's, there's two seasons of Isekai Quartet along with a movie, and then there's also like another like chibi version yeah, the of Pie Pie something. Uh, and then of course there's movies that go along with it too, but they're mostly sort of like compilation slash like retrospective movies, uh, which are not necessary to watch. But hey, look, if you want to you know speed run your anime, I guess you can watch those. I mean. I, I just put one line in our docket, SSDD, but in a good way, which is same shit, different day, but in a good way, just continues the story. You see all your favorite characters return, and it's just good. That's 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 really it. Uh, nothing much to say, but nothing bad to say either. If it's good, more of the same is good. I, I don't think that like you would be bored watching it. You would be as entertained as you were watching the first three seasons. Absolutely, and uh, it was just good. Now, on to the next show, which I didn't watch in completion i think i watched like the first two or three episodes of the series when it aired like a couple like a couple months no a couple seasons ago uh we're talking about shadows house season two uh, now i didn't watch it but jason went on a speed run and decided to crush the first season wouldn't stop talking about it watched the second season and is now gonna not stop talking about it so uh shadows house is based on the manga of the same name by uh somats Somato, I guess, who did the story and the art published in English by Yen Press yet again. Season one premiered in spring 2021. Both seasons are produced by Cloverworks. Very good studio. And originally, one of the reasons why Will and I kind of dropped the show, because we both did for a long time, was that, yeah, there are elements of Tim Burton-esque kind of aesthetics and tone and mood it kind of is not going anywhere. I think it's just down to the pacing. And this is also just coming from the fact that neither of us... Well, have you read the manga? No. So neither of us like, had any idea what the show was about. I think the first volume in English is releasing not even like right around now. So, yeah, we would have no prior indication of what the show would be. And so when watching it, 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 it there definitely was a mystery, supernatural element to it. But it's it, it felt kind of hard to judge it because we watched a lot of other supernatural mystery before and the pacing was done really really i mean dude fucking shinsukai was like one of the greatest supernatural mysteries but one of the slowest but we were okay with it i don't know why like i wasn't like us down with the pacing for this one because the the pacing is pretty much the same in that it's very very slow with like a one percent reveal of what's actually happening and you slowly get that like closer and closer to that completion rate i think even by the time you finish season one it's like you're you've come so far yet you know you're still like not even close to actually revealing anything yet. I, I really think one of the reasons is not only because they have to set the foundation, but because the breadcrumbs that they give you is so small that I think a lot of people were turned off by it. But I decided to, uh, in anticipation of the summer release, decide to binge all of season one, at least try my best to, and uh, it picks up way way fast and really crazy. And then season two continues that story, and it's just really good. Uh, 
I'm not a super big fan of Tim Burton type aesthetics and shows, but ah, but look, I like Nightmare Before Christmas and all that. Like it's did good. you like Corpse Bride? I do like Corpse Bride. I thought it was okay. I thought it was good, but this is basically of that tone, of that style, and I mean the shadow people are literally all black. They reveal a huge thing that is kind of like, oh, okay, good. That's cool. And then literally it is, okay, good. You're at the ground floor. Now work your way up. That kind of thing. So that's it, really. The scores are doing quite well for it, too. In the first season, uh, in terms of its mild raw score, it achieved a 7.75 as of dates. In the second season, currently right now, with a couple of episodes in, it's uh, 7.89. So slowly scaling the charts. Do you feel, though, that like with the way that it's going, considering its pacing, that it could potentially hit an 8? Or do you think it's like, if there is a season 3, then that season will be an 8? Look, uh, I think there's another show that Will won't stop talking about recently called Summertime Render, which we forgot to mention, but Will's continuing to watch it. That was more because it was a continuation. It's a two-cur from right. Spring, so it's kind of hard to fit it in. I mean, there's other stuff I'm watching right now from Spring. But I think... Shadow's House does something similar, but just from my gut feeling, way lesser than uh, Summertime Render, which is they give you enough to string you along. And then once the big reveal shows up, you're like, all right, I'm in. But like, you got to give me something every time. And now they are really giving you a decent amount of new questions and answering old questions and some that you're just like, maybe, I don't know. So it's good. Uh, it's really hard to go into the plot because it's really weird. Yeah. On to the, the final sequel that uh, one of us has been watching. So I watched Shadow's House. Will didn't. And now this time, it's the inverse. Will, what you got? So I've been watching uh, Classroom of the Elite. Uh, so I, like you, binged the first season of Classroom of the Elite and then started watching the second season as it's been airing uh, this, uh, this season. Uh, it is based on the light novel series, same name, uh, by uh, written by uh, Shinsaku Tomase, uh, who does the art. No, that's no. Shogo uh, Kinogasa does the story, and Shinsaku uh, does the art. Uh, Oops, I forgot to reverse it. It's okay. Uh, it's fine. Just trying to catch me out, right? No, uh, no. So no, both no. the light novel and the manga edition, this time published in English by Seven Seas Entertainment. Now, season one premiered uh, back in 2017, and... Um, I remember watching the first season. I watched like halfway through, and it, it was—it wasn't a Netflix exclusive. No, right? but it did drop on Netflix, and that's right. why I watched it. Yeah, and it was okay. I think the pacing was kind of weird. Um, it didn't really like offer much more than just this being a sort of like classroom setting for a mind game anime, like very much akin to like Kakagurui, yeah, and liar that, game. That's why I didn't watch Classroom of the Elite because I was just like, even the uniforms look exactly the same, and I like Kakagurui. And uh, so what? And it's not nearly as high stakes. I mean, yeah, of course, there is, like, social standing. And that's where it was, like, that's when I realized, oh, so that's what the show's about. It's not even about, like, winning or money or whatnot. It's being able to maintain your social standing amongst your classmates. And its and score standing is doing really well because Will and I didn't know this until we, you know, Googled it yeah. on my anime list. But um, The light novel for Classroom of the Elite Part 1 uh, is the second highest rated light novel of all time, only behind the Monogatari series. I think it was first or second season that was reached number one overall. Uh, for Monogatari? Yeah. Yeah, first. The first season, yeah. So that, that's a pretty good company to be in. Uh, 8.91, man. Guess what else is at 8.91? Monogatari second season. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I think the final season is not that far off either. But anyways, it is 
very, very highly acclaimed within the light novel world. But ranks 17 of all manga, doujin, just light novel. essentially. And popularity 192, so it's like nothing to scoff at. It was. It's. It's only when you start comparing it to the manga and the anime, however, that like it's. How the hell did something that is basically a nine in the literature world get down to like a mid seven to a low eight? Uh, which, by the way, still very very good. And the reason why is when you anyone tries to. It, it's. It's not always that somebody tries to recreate a light novel and does it the Nishio way, where they actually make the literature the whole script for the series. I think Classroom Delete falls victim of trying to condense a lot of stuff, specifically character developments, plot twists, uh, major events, and try and condense it so that it is uh, as fascinating or as fast-paced as possible. And that's where like the, the pacing kind of uh, suffers because a lot of the stuff, especially the introspective thinking of a lot of the main characters, which is very easy to read, and it's the main point of the, the light novel, it's not there in the, in the anime. But... It still has like gripping moments. A lot of like sort of like pseudo smart kind of strategies. Like whenever you see like a, a strategy, oh, and, like, like for... chess move. Like oh, I'm three steps ahead of you when it, you exactly. think you're three steps ahead. I'm three steps more. Whoa, a lot whoa, of whoa. like crazy like social deduction or being. Are they able eating to... potato chips though? Cold reading and that kind of stuff. Yeah, basically, yeah, having you know potato chips on your desk, that kind of thing. It's just like oh, this is like four twenty. 360 no scope, no scope, you know, GG kind of like five IQ. head type thing, right? But Studio Lurch is producing both the second season and also the first season. And they pulled a Rising of the Shield Hero and committed to adapting all of the what they call the first year arc, which I'm assuming is the first year of high school. So, what's uh, what they are doing though is uh, unlike Shield Hero. Season two is doing really, really well. And so I think that, like, season three is going to continue that momentum. Um, I think, look, if you haven't watched Classroom Delete yet, it is worth the watch. Uh, It does get better. It's one of those, like, you know, let it slowly brew, and then you'll enjoy the fruits of your labor. So as someone who never even considered watching season one because I heard lots of okay things only, it is the light at the end of the tunnel of season two is a good one, basically. With a, with a score of eight point one two, that's highly highly respectable. Yeah. So we've we've talked about some. I mean, the sequels are bound to be pretty decent, unless you're Shield Hero, unfortunately, or One Punch Man. But uh, we're now going to go a little bit uh, one eighty uh, and uh, go in the opposite direction. We're going to be talking about uh, the do not watch list, the dumpster fires of the summer season twenty twenty two. So we don't like that much to rail on animators and staff members who really pour their heart and soul into producing these works but as anime and manga critics because guess what will we 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 are them now i think it's just being not even just being a critic like just being a normal person if there's something you don't like eating you don't eat it like we're being objective of the product but we're not being vindictive or evil towards the people exactly. behind it. The, the specific series we're talking about are not representative of the production studio, of the staff, of the people that are advocating for these series. Look, there's going to be a space for these series for someone. It's just, unfortunately, not for Jason or I. Maybe like in some different levels. I think there's some stuff that like I like a bit more than Jason and vice versa. But nonetheless, like if they're in this section, I think universally, the you, between you and me, we're in agreement that these are not recommends. Yes. So let's start with probably the most surprising one to be in this category. It has a raw score of 8.40, rank 190, and 
popularity 261 for the manga source. I was going to say, whoa, that's a that's a fucking good score that's for the anime. Fucking good score for the manga, Will. But, but then I was like, if that's the anime score, why isn't like why aren't you recommend it? And then it turns out, no, yeah, that was just the manga score. It this, is published yeah. in English by Seven Seas Entertainment though, and it is based on the manga of the same name by Satoshi Mizukami. We're talking story. about uh, Lucifer and the Biscuit Hammer. Now, when I first heard about this from Jason, because I literally had no fucking clue what this was. I mean, it makes sense in the fact that, like, the manga, uh, member-wise, it only has, like, 50,000 people, which actually is a lot of people, but I literally never heard of this. And as I saw the score, it's like, oh, wow, this actually is a very, very, I guess, highly anticipated show. It's a very old show, a very old manga as well. And uh, this is the same mangaka who did Spirit Circle, which is another... I guess, similar echelon of manga in the same tier as Lucifer and the Biscuit Hammer. And Studio Naz decided to make a season of Lucifer and the Biscuit Hammer airing now. And uh, it's terrible. Uh, Naz, I like as a studio. I like Naz. They they do some good stuff. But for some reason. invaded, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But for some reason, it felt like they forgot how to animate for this uh, adaptation because Jesus Christ, the character designs and the animation quality felt very 90s. Yeah, it's not just that, but there was an action scene where uh, the female main character shows up, and it is just looks like the most uh, South Park animation quality I've seen. The knee slide? Yes, and then someone gets knocked back, and then when they get knocked back on the ground, you know, they slide, right? It's, it, it's, it's clip art animation. It's a PowerPoint presentation. The 3D, uh, the main character has, like, this thing that he can use that looks like an embryo or an egg essentially or white blood cell and it just looks horrendous i i don't think there is any need to go into the plot it's just it just don't watch it if you're curious enough to see what it is then you can figure it out yourself but like just from initial inspection we've only watched the first episode and i very much doubt that the second episode is going to be any better because currently uh the raw score for the anime is uh is a low 6.1 zero that is rough it's rough like from an 8.4 to a 6.1 is such a huge gulf that there must be something that happened that we don't know about was rose king's drop as bad as this pretty bad it was above an eight and then now it has a 5.3 something so it's it's even worse yeah yeah similar so it is really unfortunate that um the adaptation process is didn't go very well and it just goes to show that something that Will and I have gone on about, which is just because the source is good doesn't always guarantee, even if you follow it panel by panel, plot by plot, that it would all automatically translate into a good anime. It, it goes the same way as well, where it's like just because the manga has a really low score doesn't mean that the anime can't be good. I mean, for example, like Ranking of Kings, the manga wasn't very well known, wasn't very high score, but when the anime came out, holy crap, it was fucking amazing, and that helped push the manga score up. That's like a good instance of an anime helping something out. Whereas this one, like you have this old ass manga that was very, very popular and doing very, very well, and all of a sudden you have this adaptation which kind of just like wastes all the hard work. We have a mutual friend who was like, Oh, I read this back in the day. This is like the best manga i've read this is gonna be great and we were both like oh okay cool optimistic and then i don't even want to mention the anime adaptation to this person because i'm sure this person feels shadow their dreams it really it does it's pretty much you know the reason why like i refuse to watch the um adaptations of Tokyo ghoul 
or Demon Wonderland. Now let's get into a bit of D-Gen, Will. Well, okay, like it comes with a caveat, because how D-Gen is it really? Well, let's find out. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, my mom's daughter is my ex. No, my stepmom's daughter is my ex. Do you want to say the, the Japanese name? Mama haha no tsurego ga motoka no da. Not bad. Okay. Uh, so it was a light novel series based on uh, the same name by Takayaki. Uh, the K, the second K is uh, capitalized for some reason. Uh, that's uh, the person who did the art. And then Kiyosuke Kamishiro does the story, uh, published in English digitally as My Stepmom's Daughter is My Ex by J Novel Club as of February 14th. Valentine's Day. Yeah. What better time than to, you know, have sex with your stepsister? Uh, it is produced by Project Number Nine, and the plot is exactly what it sounds, which is two people who used to be exes d- found out then the male main character's father and the female main character's mother uh, decided to get married, and they have to keep their. Well, you're talking about domestic girlfriend, right? Yeah, Domicana was that. That's that's the plot for the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's exactly the same, right? Well, Except one is actually good. I mean, I mean, what bias here? I mean, yes, that mom stars my ex is pretty good, right? So it, it's okay. <laughs> it's 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 pretty good if you haven't seen Domakano, if you haven't seen any of the stuff from Project Nine, because Project Nine also did Hika Hero, and that was another one of those little like questionable story plots. Not in the sense that it's like you know incest focus, but it was like age gap. Uh, I don't think age gap is necessarily a bad thing either in terms well, of a hey, theme. Hey, 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 that's, uh, you know, you be, know. A little, be a little cautious here. Hey. We will be talking about some age gap stuff in the future. Uh, just that, um, you know, we are fully aware that there are some concerns as to the plot itself. Now, specifically going back to my stepmom's daughter is my ex. Uh, I, I just don't think it is that fun. I, I it, You can definitely see that you're trying to push for that comedy angle and also that racy edgy angle but, but it also have a wholesomeness to it it's so soft core that like it's not even edgy anymore like, it's just basically two dunces are they're getting each other's way and then they have an edgy accident and then oh shit well we can't do this because you're my brother oh but we're not related by blood you know that kind of thing. yeah and let's make a bet where the first person who loses has to call the other uh onichang and onesan because guess what they have the same birthday great yeah, what kind of wish.com Kaguya-sama is this? In the end, it's just mind games that like don't really play out to be all that smart. And I I can't I can't recommend it to anybody. Currently it has a seven point two one on my anime list, which is a, a fine score. A fine okay score. But the issue that I have is similar with another show later on. It tries to be in the middle ground of pleasing everybody, but because they do that, they please nobody. That's it. Now, going into a show that tries really, really hard, so hard, in fact, that in order to please everybody, they actually released three different versions of it. We're talking about a harem in a fantasy world labyrinth, which is based on a light novel of the same name by Doji Shiki and Shachi Sogano. The manga is published in English by uh, Mien. I have never heard of them before, but... You know, well, I mean, like it's a harem. It's definitely some, got some edgy shit. Hey, so, what better studio to get than Passione? Because you know, uh, 
Pashione did Maruko-chan, which I quite liked, so it's not going to be bad, it's right? It's also done some very other, very, very questionable stuff, too, but... Um, oh, let's, you know, hey. Let's not go into that. Uh, what so, is Harum in a fantasy world labyrinth about? Well, it is very simple. It is about a guy who gets isekai'd and uh, has a bunch of really risque moments with certain female har like, slaves. Basically, building, it, it's a Harum builder. This guy is literally collecting women as he goes along. And like, literally, too. Like, we're not saying, like, oh, like, there's romance. I mean, there, there probably will be. But it's very uh, obvious of the priorities that they go through. Yeah. So, unfortunately for most of us, unless you're watching it in Japan, uh, or you're going to be buying the Blu-ray at some point, we can't watch the uncensored version. We can only watch... There's two different versions. There is the... Etchy version, and then there is the uh, TV version, which is the etchy version is still censored, but certain words are not censored. Whereas with the TV version, like literally, like 99% of the show was censored. And I am not here to throw shade on people who like the H stuff, okay? Nothing wrong with that. But this show is so lazy in terms of. The thing that they're trying to do, it is essentially Worlds and Harum 2.0. I've said that to many people, including Will, and I think Will agrees, right? The censoring is even worse in this case because it's literally like exclamation, like triangle sign everywhere. And it's just like, well, okay, you bleep out certain words, but we don't even know what those words are technically. So it's just like, I mean, you, you, you put it in like a very succinct way in that this is basically Shield Hero, but the tits are bigger. Oh, yeah, that, that's very true, uh, because there is a lot of violence and gore to the point where I don't think it's necessary other than for shock value. I think that's what it is, really. It literally is just shock value. But one thing I do appreciate, though, a very small glimmer of hope, is the monologue that the main character goes through. I think like he's very um, cognizant and aware of not only his surroundings, the situation he's in, but what people are like, oh, what is, what is this person trying to say, really, between the lines? I was like, oh, okay, clearly... He's talking about let's buy some stuff. Yeah. So uh, last night when I saw the score, it was a 7.02. As of this morning, it is a 7.06, uh, which I can understand why it went up because uh, uh, titty drop. That's literally it. So titty drop scores go up or yeah. something else goes some, up. Whatever the rhyme may be, Dr. Seuss. So <laughs> on to the next show, which is the winner for the weirdest title translation from Japanese to English, we have Buchigire with an exclamation mark, but the English I mean I Shine on! Bakumatsu Bad Boys! Uh, Why? It is an anime original produced by Geno Studio uh, And Geno, I think they did something else that was, I mean they, they, they did um, ah damn, Golden Kamui They did Golden Kamui. Oh wait, they did? They did, yeah Like and all was, of them? Uh, all three seasons What about season four? I think it's still them. Oh, okay, cool. I think it's still them. So it's not like they don't know uh, cultured stuff. Cause have you this, seen their yeah. bears? Have you seen their bears? But at the same time, it's like you're just working with what you have. And if it's an anime original, then what if it's written well, great. If it's not written well, then you get Buchigide. As a raw score of 6.45, I think Will uh, told me like this one quote that he, he thought up that I think is the best succinct like thought of this. Will. Yeah, you put every shonen, action, adventure, anime, and manga there is into an AI, and you get them to reproduce a script 
based on everything it's watched. And you also throw in some Seven Samurai. You throw in some Reservoir Dogs. You throw in some Soul Eater. And then it's, you get Buchikide. It is about a group of uh, criminals who are about to be executed, but then were not executed un- uh, and in, Unless, ex- yeah. in exchange for their lives. They pledge allegiance to a, uh, a, a samurai society, essentially. And they have to basically pretend to be these people who have died, and they have to take revenge for uh, the original wielder's death, except, hey— why does my katana glow a certain color? How come every single character has a certain color attributed to them? Well, Why it, it is it embodies the... the soul of the previous wielder? Yeah, AKA, they're holding lightsabers. Why is the 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 twins from Samurai Champloo? They're not twins. Uh, showing up here, but yeah, they're the knockoff. Champloo, the Champloo boys, they're, yeah. but they're knockoff brands. Like they're they're basically got like the the thing they're known for from like Jin and Mugen. But that's it. Like they don't have any other personality otherwise. Like you, one is just cold and distant. The other one is just stupid and aloof. even down to their backstory is identical. It's the same. It's that. That's why it is just regurgitated AI shit. Uh, and then all the other characters don't really have any personality. Animation quality is actually okay. It's actually, yeah, it, it's it, it, okay. Is, it, it looks okay. Uh, I think the trailer when we first saw it, we were very like, "What the fuck is this?" And then it turns out that they have that kind of pastel, like a. Uh, you know, like old p- parchment when they have fibers yeah, interlaced. Yeah, yeah. It has just that kind of look. So it was uh, a misjudgment, but the rest of it was not a misjudgment. It's very subpar eh, to, very eh. to shit at some points to the point where you add everything together. It's, it's just a terrible waste of time. I don't, I don't think anybody will get a lot out of watching it. I uh, I think Will uh, said that it's not a bad show. I don't think it's a bad show, but it is a bad use of your time. Very much so. Now we're going to go into, I think this is the last of the dumpster fires. No, no, no. The second last, but I think uh, we will spend a lot of time on this. We'll try to, you know, be... I don't want to go hard onto this, but we have to. Uh, unfortunately, uh, we're talking about Yure Disco. So Yure Disco is an anime Deco? original... Uh, yeah, Yurei Deco, or yeah, Deco. Yurei Deco, anime original produced by my beloved Science Saru. Um, unfortunately, not doing very, very hot. Uh, and there's a very specific reason as to why. So it's a, a story about a futuristic society where people have different sort of like avatars, and there's a lot of hacking and a lot of digital transactions, and it's a lot of like, you know, self discovery and journey, but like in the end, I sat back and I tried to take everything in, and in my mind, I still have no fucking clue what the story is about. What are the character names? Oh yeah, Hack, Barry, and Finn. It, it, then there, of course, is like wait, uh, wait, what is that? Uh, why do those names, when you put it together, sound so familiar? There's another character named Tom Sawyer. Oh, like like just straight up. Yeah. Fucking goddamn it. So it's um. I, <sighs> My problem with the show is, whilst it's very beautifully animated, I, I will not, you know, deny that. I do like the OP. It's only okay for me. Uh, overall, this is, I think when we were talking about it, you mentioned, like, even without watching it, when I was, like, just through osmosis, when I talk about Denocall, you're like, this feels like what, if they learn from Denocall, it should be, it should be good, right? And I think what the problem is when you brought that up was, actually, this is a show with a children's aesthetic trying to be smarter than it really is. 
but unfortunately it falls flat to the point where if you showed this to a kid, they would be bored as shit, and you showed this to an adult, they would have no idea what the point of the show is. So there is a Black Mirror episode, like a live action series that, that's very well known, where they talk about like social scores and likes and dislikes and loves and all that as a currency, like gamifying your life. And this is basically that. I think if you were to show this show 15 years ago around Dental Coil, this show would probably have been better received. But I think that if you were to show it in summer of 2022, all of these themes, all of these kind of philosophies are just a dime a dozen now. It's essentially a recreation of our lives right now. And it's not like, oh, this is super meta. It's a commentary on our lives. No, it's like we know that people use Twitter. We know people use social digital currencies. We know that like a lot of the themes that they try to perpetuate within Eurodeco is our real lives. But it doesn't necessarily give us an alternate perspective on it. Rather, it just shows this is how you live your life. It's like, okay, this is how I live my life. And it's like it's it's trying to be smart, but it's not at the same And I time. think the animation is akin to another science saru piece of work, which is Kaiba. I fucking love Kaiba. And I think Kaiba is really good, but the difference with Kaiba and Yurei Deko is in Kaiba, the the mood, the atmosphere, they really go all in on terms of how grim, dark, pessimistic, cynical and messed up everything is. A lot more philosophical, for sure. For sure. And here, with Yuri Deco, it's just, I'm trying to do the same thing, but I'm not doing it that well. Yeah, rather than it being a commentary, it's a reflection of what they think society is now. And look, like I I like Sainsaru as a studio. Uh, me too. I think that they do some really wacky, quirky, fresh approaches to anime adaptation. And you know, there's certainly some stuff that I really, really like. There's also some stuff I really don't like, like Japan Sings 2020. Um, this doesn't fall in the same category as to why I didn't like Japan Sings, but I still can't give this a recommend. Not even a maybe. It's it's sad to hear. It's not like I think that they're just constantly looking for avant-garde weird shit to produce. I think that is kind of their shtick, but it, it didn't work for me. So I can't recommend this one to anybody. Would you watch it, though? Like you personally will. I've, I've, I'm dropping after episode three. Oh, okay, really? I, I actually don't think I will continue watching it if I have time. I mean, it's the same way where I was like, Hakimonogatari is great, but I haven't finished watching it either. Yeah, me, yeah, yeah there's, me just, too. there's just certain things. It's like it's it, it tries to delve deep into the obscure and the left field that it it feels a bit too try hard. And I don't want to say that about Science Sour because I I appreciate people who want to sort of like push the boundaries and be a little bit more creative and risky with the work they do it's just sometimes the risk doesn't pay off i don't think there is any risk taken do you really think so i think it's just mm. basically because well it's an at, least, original. At, least, at least from the story perspective i don't think they're doing anything that's out there nowadays i think the art style yeah because you know typical art style doesn't look like that but then i would say well kaiba is also very good too and i would say that their art styles is more similar I just think that this is just an unfortunate circumstance of it would have been a cool thing, but it ended up being just an okay thing. Yeah, I think it's just India. We've, we've seen too much of it already, and, and I and I think a lot of science sour fanatics are felt like conflicted and also feel kind of like 
it's not bad, but it's like that's how I feel. Uh, yeah, exactly. Right. So, anyways, moving on to I think no, this is the last one. This right? is the last one. Right. Uh, the, so we have a plethora of isekais that have uh, aired this season. Wait, what? A lot of isekais. What? Yeah, no doubt that uh, people still really, really give a fuck about uh, isekais. None more so than this season because we have like five uh, isekais and two reverse isekais. One of which we are going to talk about right now, Black Summoner. It is based on the light novel of the same name. Okay, you ready? By Mayoi Dofu, who did the story, and Kurojin, who did the art. The English light novel and manga series is published in English by J Novel Club. And it has a light novel source score of 7.22. It's pretty much the same across the board for the manga, for the anime. Who has a 7.18 right now. It is probably like... like as much as it is like possible that it could go into our maybes, I mean the score is tell by like watching it, it is the most mid show there is. There, it's essentially a kid wakes up and you know discovers he's in a new he's in a new world. Ah, isekai, wonderful. Yeah, and uh, this uh, voice that is kind of talking to him is actually the goddess of reincarnation, but his uh, the reason why they're talking is because his wish was that he wanted to get a bunch of overpowered skills into his next life, but he also gave up his memory of his past life, but apparently not enough for them to know that he's an isekai and everything looks like a video game. Uh, but he also was like, yo, you know what? I'm going to do the Konosuba thing, and I'm just going to take you, the goddess, as like my companion. And she's like, ah, I got nothing to do. Yeah, sure, why not? And uh, there you go. He gets reincarnated, and lo and behold, he's super overpowered. In fact, he is uh, an S-class in his uh, summoner rank, but he can't go around saying he's an S-class summoner because yeah. people bring a lot of attention. There's because, not that many summoners in this world. Because in this world, if you are already declared as a summoner, you are so powerful that people will fawn over you and fight over you and want to cause a bunch of attention. And because his base stats are already at s tier it just means that when he keeps leveling up it goes beyond s tier to the point where he's already super powerful he's just going to continue to get even more and more and more powerful but because he's multi-class he is an f rank for, or d rank for a green mage so he's like you know what that's going to be my cover all right cool and he ends up just basically wrecking shit he's super powerful yada 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 um i think it's just basically like i'm gonna say something really really offensive here we go um, but, let's um, let's hear it like it's so mid that they named the character Kelvin. Yeah. I'm sorry to all the Kelvins out there, but like if I this mean, is a, this is a, this is a fantasy show. It's an isekai. Look, Mr. Penkin, um his name is Kevin, not Exactly. Kelvin. So so I'm just telling Mr. Penkin like we are not trying to say Kevin is a bad name for an isekai hero. We're saying Kelvin is a bad name for an isekai hero, okay? It's just I mean like when you have People name like Yuri or Lexteria or Ainz or whatever. Like it's you want to go deeper into the fantasy tropes, and then it's it's kind of like me going into an isekai or making a like making a character in an MMORPG and calling it calling it William. So I think that just because your premise is you know very typical and samey does not mean that the execution or the overall production or the writing is bad. It's just that, as Will said, it's just super mid. That's it. It's 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 a, it's a whole case of been there, done that. Yeah. There is nothing here that you can sort of say is like a hook that can 
get people to even pay attention. So the score itself is not bad. It's like a seven point one eight one nine. Mm-hmm. Uh, look, there's there's plenty for people to enjoy about it, but it's like you gotta be really really into isekais to enjoy it. And then that therein lies the problem. If you're really really into isekais, this is not that different from anything else you've watched. So you might want to just like collect and watch them all. This doesn't feel like if you had that on your shelf, you have this in your collection, you can brag about it. I'm not saying you have to brag about it, but you want to recommend a show that you really enjoyed, and this is not one of them. This is a show that like you watch, and then you kind of forget about it. How about this? First of all, yes, that's correct, Will, but if I were to see someone being like, oh, yeah, I finished Black Summoner, my thought is not, wow, this guy has poor taste. No, 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 actually not. I'll be like, wow, you just have a lot of time on your hands, because... It's not a bad show. It's just yeah, would, whatever. No, no offense whatsoever. If you do watch it, in the end, it's just there is other stuff to watch, which it is, we'll go over later on. It's extremely competent, but and I guess the dialogue and banter between the goddess and Kelvin is pretty funny, cute, nice. But that's it, really. They go to dungeons. They do shit. They wreck shit. They, uh, you know, there's like, plenty of other isekais you should be watching this season instead. Like. It is not. It's not the lowest ranked one, but it I, doesn't yeah. deserve a seven point one eight, in my opinion. That's a, that's really where it stands, especially when we go into other shows. In- I wouldn't. I wouldn't drop it so low as to being a six, but as at the same time, like if it was, I wouldn't bat be, an eye. Yeah, at I it. wouldn't be surprised either. All right, so yeah. that is literally our summer seasonal portion of not only our dumpster fires but the sequels that we covered, and we'll take a break. Will and I is going to chill for a bit. Then we'll get into the good shit. Or the maybe good shit. And then the good shit. And then the better shit. And then the... And then when you're done, take a shit and then go watch some good shit. Or or watch it while you take a shit. Actually, no. If you're taking a shit, you should read uh, Chainsaw Man uh, chapters 98 and 99. And then you just might shit yourself and how awesome it is. Yeah. So go take a shit. We'll catch you later. Peace. Welcome back to the second half of today's episode of the Good Anime Pilot Podcast. If you're done taking a shit, I hope you wiped your ass nice and clean because we're going to be going into some real, real dirty shit, some clean shit, some fun shit, some some obscure shit, Uh, just lots of shit everywhere. Why why are we like leaning into this poop joke thing? Poop jokes are fun. Yeah, I'm old as fuck. I still enjoy poop jokes. Um, I mean, I'm I'm older than you. So and you do you like poop jokes? They're I, I, they're mid, right? <laughs> oh, Jesus. Okay. So right. now that we have gone over our dumpster fires, we are now progressing into the good stuff. But here is the, maybe it's good, maybe it's bad. It's more of like. Definitely has an asterisk at the end of yeah, it. Yeah. It definitely are shows that we feel have merit. Or for example, if you're into that kind of niche, this is not a bad choice to consume as part of your seasonal lineup. So, Will, um, I'm going to talk about this plot line, okay? There is this guy, and he is a tamer, a monster tamer. Uh, he is also been transported to a world, and uh, he has he's super overpowered. And uh, we already covered Black Summoner. No, this is another anime, Will. This is my isekai life. This is where we start going into that territory of, like, what the hell's going on in the isekai world now. But, I mean, it's here, so we might as well talk about it. But my isekai life is not just called my isekai life. The full title is 
my isekai life colon, I gained a second character class and became the strongest sage in the world, exclamation mark. It is based on the light novel of the same name by someone that I forgot to put into the docket. Sorry about that. Uh, there is no official light novel adaptation. In English. But there is a manga adaptation published by a Square Enix manga, and it is produced by Studio Riverroot. So the light novel is very, very, um, very obscure to the point where there's actually no stats on my anime list. The manga adaptation does have uh, a score. Uh, unfortunately, it's not great. Uh, 6.82. The mal score for the anime as of now is, uh, at least as of recording, is a 6.54. Now, you're probably wondering... Oh, snap. Yeah. 6.53 now. So you're probably wondering, why the hell are we suggesting a, an anime that is so mid... That it's not even a seven. It is literally in territory of being just okay. But we're pushing it as a maybe. Okay, so just to give credit where credit is due, Shoto Shinko is does the story and Huka Kazabana does the art. Okay. So So the plot that you mentioned just now is literally the same plot as Black Summoner, right? Kid gets re- reincarnated in the new world, the fantasy world, uh, but he's also incredibly overpowered. Learns to be able to utilize his skills to ascend the ranks and be acknowledged as a incredibly powerful adventurer, uh, a multi-class adventurer. I have you yeah, that, um, and it's yeah. It, it, how is this any different from any isekai, any fantasy that we've read or watched in the past? Uh, the the short answer is nothing. The longer answer is blobs. That's really what we're talking about. Because this main character, how he ascended to uh, overpoweredness, OPness, is because he tamed a slime. And then this slime was like, hey, you should technically tame the rest of my family. And here comes 20, 30 slimes. So he decides to tame all of them. And it just so happens that these slimes can do you know, their own thing and just absorb a bunch of knowledge. Like he read like a library of books within like a minute because each blob literally read a book and then they start communicating and things like that. So I'll be the first to admit that I wrote this off as soon as it released. I knew that it was going to be coming out. The first episode dropped. And as I was about to check it out, I saw literally, oh, there's like a bunch of slimes on here. This is just this is Slime Isekai, right? But not as good because the scores didn't reflect very well. And we already had Slime Isekai. There's a bunch of slimes in the poster. What difference is this anyway? And right? I'll be the second person to say that when I saw that score, I was also like, this is a non-issue. But I then decided like, kind of like on impulse, like, why the hell not? Why the hell not? Because it sounds exactly like Black Summoner, but the scores are so different. I'm going to be ready to shit on my Isekai life. I mean, like, basically, I watched Black Summoner and Jason watched Isekai life. And then he told me the plot to Isekai life. And I was like, so here's the plot for Black Summoner. Is that like, wait, really? It's the same thing. It's the same thing. I literally thought Will was joking, uh, but turns out that uh, he wasn't. There's a I mean, Black Summoner, it's a, you know, a summoner that works within this actually works for the Black Knights, and then in My Isekai Life, it's a sage that works for a black company, as in they do, you know, underground shit. And so, um, what's the difference? Well, one is actually kind of decent, and the other one is so blasé that you can write it off and forget about it. Uh, so, My Isekai Life, for a studio that I don't really know much about, the animation quality is actually 
pretty good. It's it's quite fun. The, the the music is incredibly generic, but that's also not a bad thing either. Um, the opening sequence though is like super super generic. So you know, it's like you know main characters turning towards the screen. There's the old man who kind of ruffles his his beard, and then afterwards the the chorus starts beginning, and then like the action sequence kicks in, and then afterwards then it's just the op the 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 the, the MC looking out to the to to the to, to the beyond, and then end credits the, the the credits, and then begin the the episode. That's it's it's so generic. So Studio Revolut did another. Uh, isekai anime that premiered in spring 2021 also has slime in its name uh slime 300 oh oh that was it so basically the slimes that were killed in slime 300 were the slimes in this, into my yes. isekai life sure that's so, that's the through line so the story is generic as heck the music is generic as heck the characters are generic as heck they even have a wolf from basically uh slime Any, isekai yeah. So why are we why, why are we recommending this? It's because of one thing and one thing only, the slimes. So each of these slimes, and there are at least five or six of them that are credited as voice roles, each have their own personality or look, and they're just cute. They're, and their names are funny as fuck, too. There's, like, the happy slime, the beard slime, the mustache slime. Literally, their name is, like, whatever characteristic, slime. That's, that's their name. It could not be more basic and generic, but it kind of just works. Sometimes whenever you add stuff together, some of its parts actually comes out to be pretty decent. And so therefore, when we're talking about the score, right, we've had a long debate over this as well as to why Black Summoner is a 7.19 and why Isekai Life is a 6.53. When it really, it's it, not to say that it should be the inverse, but like it should be a little bit more equivalent because... You could find enjoyment out of Black Summer. You could also find enjoyment out of Isekai Life. I wouldn't say that one is better than the other because of the fact that they all run through the same formula. But in terms of entertainment, I did find myself having more fun watching Isekai Life. There's also hacking scenes in my Isekai Life. They're not hacking actually, but it just looks... There's spell shifting. There's spell shifting, spell transferring, and I just thought that that kind of... Thing is just more innovative or literally and I'm, we're going to spoil this at one point they need to find camp uh with the party the main character the main character was like all right cool i'm just going to grab a slime propel it into the air so then it can find a good campsite because and then it'll spit out the tent yeah and like campfire and all and, that and i just like that kind of playfulness and this also mixes well with the main character who basically got overworked and worked for a black company and then gets like betrayed by his co-workers Overused or used and all that and people dump shit onto him Pretty to do probably die from overwork things like that and then he sort of has this sort of mentality and not only is he able to sometimes be surprised that oh there's actually decent people in this isekai world but he also can anticipate certain shitty behaviors that a friendly person might appear to be. The Proud Wolf guy, which is literally he's called Proud Wolf, is kind of like a comic relief character. It's, it's pretty standard. It's it's so, like, okay, again, the naming conventions are so basic, the fact that it's like, it literally is describer, noun. That's it. It's adjective noun. That's oh, it. Uh, there is a tree folk. Uh, There's a dryad named Dryad. There you go. So, um, and... Because they kind of are so in your face with the naming conventions, 
I know Kelvin is a very typical name with Black Summoner, but I also just kind of admire the sheer kind of shamelessness of, yo, our wolf is called Proud Wolf. Our slimes are literally something, eye patch slime, uh, m like scar slime. You know, like, it's just like, okay. Yeah, we're not trying to play favorites here. I mean, for, oh, the, no, for a while, I, I, am, I was I, am. I was like kind of digging Black Summoner, but after a while, it started being a little bit more sort of like a bit too generic. And that's I think it's the same thing with Isekai Life. It is also generic trash, too. But you could still find a, a glimmer of enjoyment out of it, as opposed to where I think like the pacing for Black Summoner is a bit slower, so it does take time to build up. That's where the difference is, where... It's very balls to the wall for the first couple episodes of My Isekai Life. I like the first episode is basically one elaborate battle sequence. And I just like that kind of containedness of it. And it's just really okay. Yeah. Before we even got into doing this recording, I was pretty much on the fence between Isekai Life and Black Summoner. Both of them were either maybes or drops. And it just came down to the fact that there were more episodes of My Isekai Life and there was a lot more fast-paced. And, and I, pu yeah. I push for my Sekai life over Black Summer. Yeah, because Jason's biased as fuck. So I have my own biases too. But uh, when it came to these two, it was, it, was just, it was just really hard to separate the two. But if I had to really, really like choose one or the other, I, I think it would be easier to recommend my Sekai life only because of the fact that there are more episodes out. Now on to our next maybe show. It is basically... Uh, when will Ayumu make his move, which is based on the manga of the same name by Shochiro Yamamoto. The same mangaka who did uh, Teasing Master Takagi-san and uh, Sabaki. So I'll just condense it real quick. If you are very familiar with Teasing Master Takagi-san, imagine the main duo, but they're in high school and their roles are reversed. And instead of teasing, the main theme here is shogi because they both belong in the shogi club. Well, no, the main theme is war when the other person is going to make their move. Right, because um, Ayumu... Which is funny because, you know, you make moves in Shogi as well, so... Hmm. Right, so Ayumu decides to quit the kendo club that he's very talented in and decides to join not really a club, but this one other girl who is the president of the Shogi club, and they play Shogi after school all the time. And the issue is he is super into her, but he will not confess his love until he beats her, which is way easier said than done. But he's also incredibly, not just stoic, but honest, too. In and that deadpan, he, he has, right? He has no problem in showing that he has feelings for her, as in, like, literally saying, I like you. I like you a lot. But Ayumu is also very sort of, like, dedicated to his words, where he says, like, if he's going to say, like, I'm not admitting my love until I beat you in a game of Shoki, He's not going to do that. So he's yeah. like, oh, yo, look, uh, you're cute. And then uh, the senpai is like, yo, what the fuck, man? Like, you clearly are into me. And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Let's just play Shogi. So the question here then is, right, it's done by the same author as Teasing Takagi-san. And you've read and also watched Takagi-san. You like it a lot too, right? So as someone who has already consumed Takagi-san, if the formula is the same, you know what is there to offer in Ayumu? Because I haven't read or watched Teasing Takagi-san, and this is just like a fresh like approach for me in terms of reading and watching any of this sort of shit. So yeah, like 
what is there beyond Season Takagi-san that like you you should absolutely check out Ayumu, or is it because of the fact that there isn't all that much different? In fact, it's kind of just the same thing. That that's why it's in the maybes. Yeah, you you just answered your own question. Uh, right. I don't think uh, Ayumu is a bad show. I just think that it is it does the same thing uh, in terms of the teasing part, or kind of like well, they clearly are into each other. If there was a finale or a through line, they will get together. It's just a matter of when. I prefer the romance storyline of the other couple, actually. I like that, too, because it's not just the titular couple. There are also at least one other couple that I just like a lot more, that they're in the library committee. And uh, it's just also just because she's a kudere. Dandere, kudere. Look, I'm a simple man. It works. It just works. All right. Uh, that was a quick one because, uh, yeah, it's the same as Takagi-san. If you like Takagi-san, you will probably will find enjoyment out of y- Ayumu. I will say, Just though, don't expect anything groundbreaking. TZ Master Takagi-san, their, like, shot compositions and their kind of ambiance is done way better. Here, it looks more typical, like, oh, high school type setting, whereas in TZ Master Takagi-san, it is middle school. So, okay, fine. Middle school and high school is not really that different in terms of a setting. But because they're in a rural place, they kind of show you, like, the boondocks. And and that actually factors in quite a bit into the romance between the two uh, Takagi-san couple. So, still good. Ayumu's still good. But watch Takagi-san first. Right. Now, going into a show that I have absolutely no idea about, even though I know of the show for the longest time. Because it didn't exist as an anime before. It existed as a web series. Uh, done by Rooster Teeth. Um, we're talking about Ruby, spelled R W B Y. Do you actually know why it's spelled? Why R- would I know? I, I don't. I don't know anything about Ruby. Okay. Well, Ruby stands for red, white, black, and yellow. And uh, Ruby colon Ice Queendom is the name of this anime, based on the web series of the same name by Monty Um, who passed away, rest in peace. Uh, from Rooster Teeth. And it's produced by none other than uh, Studio Shaft. Is it any good, Jason? So I watched Ruby previously, not this iteration of it. And it was very 3D. Kind of, if you like Red versus Blue, which Rooster Teeth is known for, it is akin to, I guess, Machinima, I think is that kind of... Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that genre. Genre. So the look with Studio Shaft, it is very clean. And the action is very good. And the, one of the things that I like a lot is the choreography. Because the team battles, they actually do team battle combination type stuff. Where it's not just I shoot, you follow. It's like I do this move, you do that move, we execute these abilities. And that's always the highlight of the old Ruby. Besides that, and if you're interested in Ruby, this would be a very good iteration that's it. Yeah, so I, th- I made the mistake originally in thinking that uh, this adaptation was actually a sequel of the web series, but it's not. It's actually more of like a remake of the original series. Yes. So it's like for someone who might have, I mean, there always has been a debate before where like is original Ruby an anime or is it a Western animation only and can't be considered an anime? Well, now it is an anime. So if you had previously consumed original Ruby, what is there more to add with this adaptation of Ruby? I think they clean a lot of the look. It looks more pristine, smooth, and the same things that you would like, which is the choreography, 
the characters, the team building is very much present in this iteration of Ruby. And if you have always heard of Ruby but don't know much about it, this is a not a bad place or I would say even a very good place to get into it because it's extremely presentable because you can really write off the machinima style. And I won't fault anybody for that, but I think this would be like, well then, this is not machinima, this is Studio Shaft, so give it a shot. That's really what I would say. Ruby is a good iteration of it. Okay. On to the next series within the Maybe section, a series that both Jason and I have watched. Uh, this is the Yakuza's Guide to Babysitting. It's based on the same manga, uh, the same name. Uh, art and story, both done by Sukiya. Uh, it's published in English by Kaiten Books as of February 12, 2021, and it's now in print. Uh, well, as of, you know, for almost a year now. So there is two studios that are producing this, Studio Feel, period, and Studio Gaina. Forgot uh, to add the period yeah, in the document. Do, do not forget the period, man. That is a blasphemy. Uh, so the mile score for the manga source is is pretty okay. It's a uh, seven point five five, but the mile score at the moment is uh, pretty strong, seven point eight five. And uh, usually yeah. for sources, the source usually has a higher score than the manga uh, than the anime adaptation. That's just a a typical thing. So to see the inverse of that usually would raise a few eyebrows. So. The story is exactly what the title suggests, which is the, uh, the main character is part of a Yakuza and the head of the Yakuza, her, his daughter, needs to be taken care of because he needs to do Yakuza type shit. So then and, uh, the mom is uh, sick. That uh, yeah, in, in a coma basically. Yeah. So um, if you've ever watched, okay, like, this is really showing my age here, but if you've ever watched Kindergarten Cop or Big Daddy. Like, Wait, what's the one with Adam Sandler? That's uh, Big Daddy. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's that, basically. It's basically that, but with a Yakuza dude. And uh, this is probably the highlight of the show. A very adorable daughter. This is probably the fluffiest show this season. It, it, I think that's that's the saving grace for this show, in the fact that it would have been a drop for me, had it not been for a good characterization of the yakuza member's daughter like she's adorable fluffy and also like has those kind of like real like heart-hitting moments that hey life is not all that rosy there's going to be some real hard shit and like yes you're a kid you don't need to know all this stuff but you are also part of a world where the yakuza are intermingled with a lot of shit beyond your understanding and therefore you're the girl up real quick and uh yeah um, she has a hard time trying to process all that because she's like what, like she's like three, four years old. She's a literal kid. Yeah, and not even going to school yet. No, he does. She does. She does. Oh yeah, she does. She's she's in elementary school. Yeah. Right. Um, one thing I also really like about the characterization are the yakuzas because they are just your average kind of dude. Some are more rough around the edges than others, but you even see like ex yakuza members that have their own life outside but also is still ingrained. Like, there's all these, like, it's not black and white. And one thing I like is the male main character, so the father figure, not the actual father, really just talks it out with the girl and being like, why do you feel this way? You shouldn't. And it's almost like not talking down to her, but almost at that level. Like, hey, listen, some people are just busy or doesn't mean that they don't love you or your mom isn't visiting you because... 
she's currently going through some things, you know, stuff like that, or, you know, don't feel that guilty. Like it's, it is a very mature way of handling some questions that a toddler or a child might have that are sometimes really hard to answer. Yeah. Overall, I'd say it's a pretty standard show, but with some good characters, which is why it's in the maybe. And it um, looks clean. I mean, it's kind of hard to not look clean now. I think like it's it's got the standard look. I would say it's it's a very very generally like okay show, but it does have some pretty like A tier S tier characters, which you know definitely helps. And so therefore, I think it would be a, a decent recommend. It might not be your cup of tea, but it's at least worth checking out a couple episodes. I would say, if you want to have a fluffy show, there is no question that this is the fluffy show. I wouldn't even say like a Yumu. Don't I would say watch Yakuza's babysitter on top of over y- a Yumu because it's just nice. Yeah, it's definitely not the fluffiest though in terms of like what's been coming out in the previous seasons. Um, it'll it'll do the trick if you need more fluff. I suppose it's it's again. Like, I think for me, it's just it's just okay. It's not spring twenty twenty two fluffiness, but it is fluffiness nonetheless. Yeah. So if it's fluffy. You're seeking for this season. That's probably your go-to. Uh, that's the best we can offer, I think. Now comes probably, uh, well, a uh, Vermeil in Gold. Yeah, is a very okay show. It's a, it, it, in the same way where it's a very standard formula, but it's got certain uh, things, uh, in particular certain assets that uh, propel the popularity of the show. So Vermeil in Gold: colon, a desperate magician barges into the magical world alongside the strongest calamity which is based off of the manga of the same name go ahead Jason. by yoko say the Jap- say the Yumezu, name, who did the art and kota amana say the japanese did... name jason go ahead okay hold on hold on i need to get i need to brace myself okay ready uh i'm really sorry for uh the listeners here all kinso no vermail colon gakepuchi majushi wa saikyo no Yakusai to maho sekai wo tsukisumu. God damn it. Yeah, you don't need to drag it out unless no, it's a double vowel. A yeah. double vowel. The, the, the best part was maho sekai is really easy because it's yeah. magical world. So I was, yeah. I was just like, oh, really struggling, struggling. Maho sekai. And then, yeah. yeah. So the mouse score is... Wait, 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 wait. hold on. What, what is my pronunciation score out of 10? Like uh, a 6? Probably the same as the mouse score. Okay, which is? Uh, the 6.96. The manga is okay in terms of its score. Uh, And also, like, it's okay popular. Again, it's hard to gauge with manga on uh, my anime list. On the anime, however, uh, the score right now is a 7.23. And uh, the members for it are um, over 100,000 people. I wonder why. This show is a simple, simple, I guess, fetish. Do you like Shota and MILF slash Onisang, Onesang fetish? That's essentially it, right? If we're really... Well, no. I wouldn't say it's just a whole Shota angle. No, I think, but, I think but, it's just I think it's just, you know, big tits, really. Yeah, there's more to that, but yes. There's a lot more to that. You know I mean, if you boil it down to just being a Shota like, anime... Oh, that's, that's not fair it, to it. Exactly, right? But, like, it's, it's, it, it's definitely a point within the anime, but... Like, uh, we're going into that whole, like, Shota Lolly kind right. of really, really gray area. So the main character, 
uh, is a student at this magical academy. He is a genius or works very hard in all aspects of his magical academy life, except he can't summon anything for shit. And at the very beginning of episode one, he's like, well, if you can't summon a familiar by tomorrow, we're going to fail you and you're going to have to repeat a year. Well, guess what? He manages somehow to summon something. And it turns out to basically be this very voluptuous succubus who apparently is extremely powerful. And she's like, yeah, cool. Sure. Let's let's hang out. Let's uh, let me be your uh, familiar and you be my master. Yep. The titular character, Vermeil. All of her voluptuous succubus body is on display because, for the most part, she's—I think she's naked half the time in the show. Yes. Uh, yes. There's also a uh, quote-unquote love rival, um, the childhood friend of Alto, Lilia. Uh, she herself is, you know, it's, it's well endowed. It's, it's weird to say this because in the end, it's still like a high school show. But it, how is that any different from any anime we've seen, right? Um, there's definitely that kind of angle in which you are more less less on the magical side and more on the edgy side. I can see like very clearly why people like watching the show. The the premise again, it's not that like crazy. It's it's very much that you would see from like a magical show, but when you add in you know big titty succubus, then it gets a little bit different. I guess that's the fresh approach that the series gets. I I think the show's okay. It's not bad. It's not it's, bad. It's not bad. There's definitely a good comedic moments. The, the action scenes are actually pretty decent as well. Yeah. As you will see when you finish episode three. And there is uh, crepes that that kind of weirded me out actually a little bit, a yeah. little bit because it's like I I know it's supposed to be like you know modern day, but it's like it's still like a magic fantasy setting, and all of a sudden you see people using their like their, their smartphones. Yeah, I'm, I'm just gonna drink like Starbucks coffee in front of you. It was just like this was just so weird. I I, I it wasn't like I it, it it broke me. It more just dude, just, you're supposed to be like eating gruel and drinking like weird potions and. Like, not even using electricity. Well, they do drink potions in episode two. Yeah, but you're also not supposed to be drinking frappuccinos from Starbucks, right? Like, that was the kind of weird thing. But that doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad thing. It's just weird. That's it. So um, that rounds out all of our maybe shows. But, Will, let's get into our actually recommended shows. We're finally getting into an isekai that we can actually wholeheartedly recommend. We're talking about Parallel World Pharmacy. It's based on a light novel of the same name by Liz Takayama, who does the story, and Keep Out, who does the art. Uh, Studio Deo Media. Hey! Uh, a good old classic right there. So uh, it actually already had a pretty good start in terms of its uh, its manga. Uh, not insanely popular. I mean, only 1,800 people, but it's a pretty hardcore fandom. Oh, yeah, the light novel. Uh, 7.41. Uh, a pretty good score, right? Then you go into the anime. Uh, before we even go into the score itself, uh, there is a very good reason as to why we um, we put this in for a recommend as opposed to a maybe or a drop. And it's uh, one of the least generic ones there. And the fact that, yeah, it's still an isekai. There's still a kid who has like, superpowers and all that. But yeah, he used to be a chemist or a researcher, but then he somehow died from, from overwork. Oh, very generic and, and then gets uh, not reincarnated, but uh, like... L- Basically, his, his his soul then gets like transported into this this kid who lives in this world where rather than there being pharmaceutical research, it's all based on magic or pseudoscience as well. And also, 
he got struck by lightning and he has a scar, which could be more than just a scar. Uh, ooh, spoiler alert. One well, thing I yeah. like about uh, Parallel World Pharmacy. Parallel World. It's a fucking tongue Pharmacy Isekai. I'll just say Pharmacy Isekai. That's the short form. Is how realistic it is in terms of the medical jargon and chemical compounds. Like this guy goes hardcore into like, hmm, paracetamol is this, and then I have to decant it. And I wasn't then- even like expecting that because in the first episode, it's it's very much just like the the magic angle. Right, him discovering his powers, he being able to cast spells, oh, and then people he's realize super powerful now. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, like you go into the second episode, and he's actually like developing like medicine, and then going through the chemical compounds of everything he's putting into this potion, and then making ointments to be able to treat ailments of people and all that. Like, like you, you, you have a medical science background, yes. right? And you said to me as well, hey, I got is- a job recently. Hey, yeah, fucking awesome. Yeah, uh, this kid also got a job too. Except he had to die for his job. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you, you, you lucked out. You didn't have to die for. Yeah, yours. I didn't have to die for my job. But, but then when you saw all that, right? Like, and I think you told me as well. But like, how accurate were like the depictions of all that the the medical shit? It's accurate in terms of the names and the scientific, like, cold hard facts. Like, okay, that is literally the compound that you are talking about. Good, and that is used to treat this. That's good. So I'm not that uh, well versed in pharmaceutical sciences, but I know enough to vouch for its authenticity yeah kind of yeah for at least currently maybe they go into some hardcore shit later on and i'm just like i don't know i mean i have to google it but it sounds okay to me i just think it's a good show because they really lean into the things that make it unique in terms of why they call it pharmacy isekai it's inform it's informative compared to you know black summoner and my Kid life which is just it's just regurgitating the same shit that we've seen before. This one is no different in that, like, we have seen, like, pharmacy-esque kind of isekais in the past. We have slow life in another world. Yeah, I pharmacy. mean, like, if, if we wanted to put that even more basic, I mean, like, there's a lot of fantasy shows like Healer Girl, where just, like, just basically people in, like, quote-unquote pseudo-medical science healing people. This is not that different from the formula, but this also goes a next step further and actually teaches people actually shows not really teach people how to make paracetamol i'll 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 say that for sure is a disclaimer it's not going to teach you how to make medicine but at least it doesn't just like say oh we're going to make panadol and then they just make panadol they actually go a little bit into like what goes into it what chemical properties it has and what it's supposed to do uh even when he has his superpowers he tries to learn about ailments he actually go deeper into like the medical conditions and the causes of certain I, diseases. I, I find it offensive that uh, you kind of low-key dissed Healer Girl. What do you mean? It is generic, though. Anyways. What's, what's wrong with it being generic? I, there's a lot of generic shows I still like. Right, okay. Yeah. No, 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 okay, fine, fine. Yeah. But in, it, it, it was not a diss to Healer, Healer Girl. I'm saying that we've seen stuff like this before. Okay. So okay. What is this any, how is this any different, you know? So in Pharmacy Isekai, one other thing is he notices certain things like, oh, this is, for example, this person has this ailment. So then this is what you should do. This is what they should be doing, but they're not. Oh, why are people don't have access to this, this, and that? It shouldn't be that way. It's kind of like if uh, if you are like this really idealistic person, but now you are in a position where you could do all these things, what would you do? 
it's not just as simple as finding cures for ailments either. It's also the fact that like he's still in the world where medical research has not advanced to the point where he was at in his previous life. Or blasphemous even. So exactly. He would be essentially condemned as a witch. Right? He would just be like seen as some crazy demon spawn and it's just like, Why are you casting this black magic on us? So he has to be very careful with how he introduces these medications, these ointments. To yeah, people. and that actually happens where he thought with a certain interaction with a certain person, it backfires pretty badly and uh, it gets resolved. But it is like, oh, wow, you're not just like an OP person and there are no consequences. You're just going to win all the way to the bank. No, like it's not that simple. So that's why I think Pharmacy Isekai is probably the Isekai of the season to watch for sure. Specifically Isekai. There is something else coming in later, but uh, we will explain uh, once we get to that, uh, that that specific series. So we now go into, at least for this episode, and not a sequel, the first 8.00 plus show that we have on our list. We are talking about Call of the Night. It's based on a manga that is in the same name by Kotoyama. Done the story, done the art. Very, very hardworking person. Uh, Leiden Films is the studio that produced it. And uh, from initial inspection, I already knew it was Leiden Films. Like, if you didn't tell me it was, I could tell you straight away. Yeah, this is a Leiden Films thing because them character designs were weird as shit. They pretty much, like, it was the same way when I looked at Tokyo Avengers, and it was the same thing. I just felt they were drawn very, very weird. But character design-wise on the outside, it's a fun anime. I was pleasantly surprised by it. So the manga score is a very high, 7.94, but the Oh, anime... 7.99 now. Okay. Then the the anime score is uh, a little bit higher. Uh, breaching into the 8s. Is it higher now than the 8.04 you posted this morning? No. Same thing. Okay. Same thing. So uh, this is a very, very interesting take on the sort of supernatural romance genre in that uh, it follows a middle middle school student named Yamori, uh, who is uh, pretty good at at studies, but uh, slowly but surely kind of gets a little bit jaded and feels that, like, you know what? Like, I'm going to just stop pretending. I, I, I don't like school. I never liked school. I'm tired of pretending to be smart. So, you know what? I'm just going to quit and do my own thing. Uh, but as a result of that, he starts, you know, doing a lot of late night shit to the point where he just can't sleep anymore. He actually develops insomnia. One day on a short walk, he then meets this really weird, uh, weird looking girl. But, uh, you know, she's uh, kind of just standing on her own. Her name is Nazna, uh, who essentially can just tell, hey, look, I know you haven't been able to sleep. I can tell by looking at you. I'm going to help you sleep. Brings her back to her apartment. They sleep in the same futon. No questions asked whatsoever. And then next thing you know, as he's slowly pretending to fall asleep, she then goes in, not for a kiss, but a straight bite of the neck. She's a fucking vampire. And thus begins the story of the Monogatari series. So I read Call of the Night, which is published in English by Viz Media. So I read it a long time ago, even before that they announced an anime adaptation. I was pretty optimistic about its performance. And I think when I went to listen to my manga review, I was like, yeah, it's kind of weird. But it also highlights the the theme of freedom and exploration at night because the whole anime takes place at night. Oh, do you like the color purple? Uh, I do because there's purple everywhere. Um, Will doesn't like the OP and ED that much, but I 
quite like it. I thought it was pretty fun. Will is like rolling his eyes. I, I don't think it's good at all, to be fair. All right. But one thing I also like about Call of the Night is that it's not only your atypical romance, but it the dialogue is pretty snappy, pretty funny, and racy. Uh, racy. Like they there's literally like a good dialogue that spans like five minutes where they use the word slut at least more than eight times. Right? Kinda? You actually counted eight times? No, no, no. I it was a lot more, I think. It was a lot more, probably. Yeah. So they or like, hey, the premise of this random woman telling me to sleep in her bed so that I can cure my insomnia. That's hella sketchy. And the guy even like goes through all this stuff. Like, it's essentially just like two people from two worlds where one doesn't necessarily understand social romantic cues in the human world and the other one doesn't understand what it means to be a vampire, even though this kid's like, you know what? Like, I'm gonna quit my life and I wanna be with you. And she's just like, You have no fucking clue what it takes to be with me and all that. And so it's that kind of like come get me but stay the fuck away from me kind of anime. Uh interesting characters start showing up and they think yeah, the dialogue is fun. It's 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 definitely well written. Uh character designs again, it's really weird i don't think you're a big fan of it either but you take that aside and overall it's a very well presented anime uh definitely a a good recommend for this season because uh the original mangaka she also i think it's a he or she they did um dagashi kashi which is has two seasons and that aired a while ago about like candy confectionery in japan and I still think that the character designs look hella weird there. It looks hella weird here, but everything around it is really good in terms of Call of the Night. We go into now, uh, if there was an isekai to recommend, which was uh, Parallel World Fa uh, Pharmacy, there is now the reverse isekai to recommend for this season. We are going to go into... The Uncle from Another World, uh, which started off as a uh, manga uh, of the same name. Uh, so if it's not known as Uncle from Another World, it's also known as Isekai Ojisan. Uh, Hotondo Shindeiru uh, was the person who did the story and the art for it. It's published in English by Yen Press as of June 8, 2021. Uh, now, the studio in question is uh, Atelier Pondark. Uh no other credits as far as I could find. Uh, like major credits. Yeah, yeah maybe. They, they, they might have done some support work in the background. Yeah, but or in between in, stuff. They're not like the first name you see on the credits of, a, of an ED or an OP or whatever it may be. Um, so a first major work. Uh, I remember when I was talking to Jason about it too. He was just, he was very cautious about it. He, he read the manga, not that far into the manga. But uh, definitely when he saw there was an adaptation, he's just like, this could go really, really bad. And you were not sure if it would do well this season. I really like the manga. I would not stop talking about how funny the manga is. But when I saw some of the art for the anime, I started to panic a bit because it looks exactly the same as the manga. And the manga looks... How do I say this? It it, it, it looks, looks sketchy? It, 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 uh, literally, yes. It looks sketchy. And so then they transitioned it into the anime adaptation uh, with a similar art style. Uh, one thing that is like 
very, very apparent is that the lines that are drawn are extremely thick. Like it's not like very thin character outlines. No, it is like you can tell that this is where the 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 the, the jaw ends and the chin begins and all that. It's yeah, just, and the yeah. uncle also has certain like faces that he makes that are very exaggerated and very anime esque. You can watch this show worldwide on Netflix. It yeah. is it is a good show. I, I I thoroughly enjoy it. It's it, it, it's it's travesty that it's still only a seven point nine seven, but you know, with only a couple episodes out, it's only going to get higher. I think the score has slowly, slowly but surely increased to the point where I think within two episodes, it will probably be an eight point zero zero. It's a seven point nine. It's seven a th- right th- now. Th- the third episode came out. Yeah, so f- episode five or six. Yeah, halfway mark, it will probably break it yeah. for sure. Seven point nine seven right now. It's like it's teetering. It is literally like at its door right now. The storyline is a reverse isekai where the uncle was in a coma for seventeen years, and then the nephew shows up when he wakes up and turns out. Ha- yeah, for the seventeen years, he was actually uh, in a different world. So he wakes up just murmuring a bunch of mumbo jumbo, a lot of gibberish. He's like, what? No. And then when he can finally realize that he's in Japan, the first thing he asks is not, where's my family? What happened? What year is it? The first question he asks the nephew is, what happened to Sega? And he has to break the news to him that uh, the console war for Sega didn't end well. And this starts the hilarious journey of the uncle reciting what has happened in his other world his life in his other world and projecting literally projecting and sort of the nephew and I guess other people just the shenanigans that he went through now aside from that initially I just thought that well this uncle has been in a coma for 17 years and yes he was in a different life like during that time but surely that's it right he's just gonna be like that crazy uncle that talks about all the shenanigans he did in this magical world no he actually then carries over the spells and the trials and the abilities that he accrued during his comatose and brings him into modern-day Japan, specifically 2018 in the anime. Yeah, and to make matters even more, I guess, out of place, 17 years have passed, and he doesn't understand certain things like why is the internet like this filthy, degenerate place? He doesn't know what tsundere's are. He doesn't even want to have a, a, a essentially um he doesn't have a smartphone he doesn't have a smartphone he wants to use a, a flip phone and like, it takes the nephew uh like a long time to explain to him like what you were using back then those cell towers don't exist anymore in fact like everything like yeah japan still uses flip phones but the specific flip phone that he was using runs on 2g and that shit died 10 years ago now, it, even though okay, it's it's a trope that in any Japanese series, even like in some like IRL series, that people still use flip phones, and it's pretty much true. There's still people who use flip phones in Japan, but those flip phones also have smartphone capabilities as or well, or technology integrated with apps and stuff. So yeah, yeah it's just really uh, funny to see the disparity of what he thinks the world is like before he was in the coma and what the world is like now that he is out of the coma. I will say. Uh, in terms of opening sequences, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's my favorite this season. Yeah, it, it's rock solid. I don't think the theme is that solid, but the title sequence. Oh, I love the theme. It's just, it's just so fun. I, I would, I would go on to say that it's probably my favorite of the season. Uh, but it, it, music aside, though, it, it was just very refreshing to see something nostalgic. 
Yeah, so I'm very pleasantly surprised by this show, and I really think you're doing yourself a disservice to not watch this show. If you grew up in an era when, like, the Segas, the Super Nintendos, like, that era of gaming, and you played those consoles, this could be something that is, like, really your shtick. I I thoroughly enjoyed it. I grew up in that era, too. When we say shenanigans ensue, we literally mean stupid shenanigans and it is just hilarity nonstop. Every episode in itself is self-contained in that there is a story it ends at the end of this each specific episode. Like there's very little to carry over other than like the character interactions and developments. You can very much watch each isolated episode and be able to enjoy it as is. And they subvert a lot of the tropes of Isekai where like, oh hey look, I I don't think this happens, but like, oh you have to kill like the mighty dragon and he just destroys the dragon in like two seconds like what's next and they're like it's like that kind of hilarity it's like oh you've saved the princess what do you do now i'll move to the next town you're not wait wait, wait. you're not gonna marry the princess i mean you you you, you defeated the demon king you that's what they want me to do but i walk this path alone and everyone's and you, just like everyone's just like what the fuck are you doing and then this you get a- and they get the nephew like in present day being like the fuck is this uncle thinking god damn it you could have dated this hot chick but it's just like no they only want what's in my pockets. They only care for my money, whereas only I care for my pride and my heart. It's like, you're upstanding as shit, but this is a game, dude. Like, don't take everything so seriously. But then it realizes that because he had lived that life for 17 years, he's going to take that shit seriously. So it's a very, very hard recommend. I would definitely say, like, of all no, no, the series, hard as in not it, difficult. It, it, hardcore recommend. Yeah, like, we, we definitely think you should watch this show. Definitely. Uh, now, the last two shows that we're going to talk about are kind of, even though they are two separate works, and it seems to be apparent that one is considered more favorably than the other, they're both anime originals, and they're both done by A1 Pictures. And uh, if we have to say OLM was last season's MVP, and the one before that would be MAPPA, and then the one before that would be like Cloverworks or something... I think Cloverworks was before. Before? Because they, they had that... Oh, Horimiya. Yeah. That's right. That's right. And uh, Wonder Egg and Tokyo 24th War. Okay, anyways. Engage Kiss and Lycoris Recoil are the two shows that we're going to How the hell do you pronounce it? Lycoris? 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 I need to see on the wiki because they might actually have, have it written phonetically. And so let's start with Engage Kiss, which has a 7.26 on my anime list. They obviously have no source because it's an anime original. The story is actually quite typical because it takes place on this fictitious city that has this resource that can produce a massive amount of energy that is relatively clean. So no like waste or byproducts. And it talks about like this city has these demons that are basically terrorizing the city, but they cover it up and they have like these companies whose job is to get rid of these demons. And our main character works for one of these companies, then decides to branch off and be independent, and is teaming up with this demon girl who uh, basically is Yandere Light. Would you say so, Will? I don't even think it's Yandere Light. I think she is just a straight-up Yandere, but she has some sense to her. Ayano? Ayano is the ex-girlfriend who used to be... No, not used to used to be. Still is like the head of 
the company. Wait, no, the mom is the head of the company. She is like, I guess, like she's a colleague that works within the company, right? So then they used to be the main character and him, which his name is Shu, used to be ex colleagues and used to date, and now they don't. Long story short, it's basically a love triangle. People who have supernatural powers, some of them who are just super powerful, and then a dentist MC who also has his moments to shine, working together in a syndicate that's able to take on paranormal activity. And uh, yeah, shenanigans ensues. Uh, why are we recommending it? It's fucking beautiful. It's really, really fun. The first episode itself, watching it, was like super good. You, you don't even go in like needing to know what it's all about. Just watch it completely clean slate. And you kind of get lost as to like what the hell's going on because the first couple of minutes I was watching is like, okay, so there's this, this thing is happening, and then there's like money being transferred, but like what does this mean after? Oh, there's a girl in this apartment. Okay, cool, she's making food, but all of a sudden now she just warps into like another world, and then she's doing her own crazy shit. Um, what is this about? And then as I started to collect my thoughts, it then dropped that five minute sequence of one of the craziest fight animation sequences of this season all the while having an argument and a lover spat it was it was it was very beautifully choreographed definitely i i would think that like if there is anything to take away from this series the animation quality as expected from a1 pictures top notch very 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 good now i think episode two dips a little bit in terms of just like the amount of sheer eye candy but then sees it in the episode three kind of puts it back up it, it gets a little bit more existential in episode three yeah uh, so it, i think like the the reason why like it has its current like score is i think it's still trying to find its footing but yep. at least like as you're trying to like see what the show's about I'm enjoying what I'm watching. I'm definitely enjoying what I'm watching. I would suspect the main reason why a lot of people rate this less than the anime that we're going to end on is because people were expecting an action anime and with comedic and romantic elements, whereas this show really, in my opinion, is a romance comedy with action elements. And if you go in with that expectation, I think regardless, you'll have a good time. But you really need to not consider an action series and more of like it's a love triangle. That's really it with crazy sci-fi battles and stuff. But it's not to demean it in any way. No, it's like as a comedy, it's actually solid. It is solid for sure. And um, if there ever was a yandere that I would think I could interact with and be amicable it would be i can see how hard it is for you to say that with a straight face because you know you want to stay the fuck away from yandere's but they somehow managed to make this one work very very cute very loving relationship but at the same time you know like there's something up here and when like things go like really fubar like you you do not want to be around this girl fubar wow i did not expect that yeah throwing it back No, no no like it it's accurate okay I would say this is the MVP of this season if you consider everything included and the surprise of how good this show is. Will, would you say so, roughly? I had that thought up until Uncle Isekai came along. And I, I would, if, if it was up to me, I would probably vouch for Uncle Isekai. But if it was more sort of like trying to be objective and trying to see what would be more enjoyable as a whole across like whatever genres people appreciate, whatever character types people like. I would say that Lycoris Recoil is probably the one to go. Is it Lycoris? Did you double check it, on that? It's, it's, it's actually Lycoris. 
shut the fuck up. Yeah, phonetically, it's just licorice. Well, Lycoris Recoil uh, is an anime original produced by A1 Pictures. English is hard. It's not even an English word. It's yeah. borrowed from Latin, by the yeah. way. Yeah. Uh, the raw score is an 8.09, which is quite surprising. We didn't expect that, but with anime originals, you don't know where, like how good or how bad it is. Uh, do you like cute girls doing things, Will? It's, just say it, dude. Cute girls doing cute things. No, because yeah. in this case, it's still cute as shit when they do it. In this case, though, it is assassin things. Cute it is, girls it is doing assassin things. things. So essentially in this fictitious... Just say it. Do you like cute girls? Yeah, I like cute girls. <laughs> yeah, cute girls. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, they uh, they are. They actually don't belong to any high school, right? They just dress no. up as high school girls to kind of blend in as like... It's a cover. Ur- urban it's... camo. But uh, in this world, police... There's no police force, no nothing. It's all like pay for hire, like security groups, essentially. And the security or, group... Or pay for hire hitmen. These security groups are basically like teenage black widows, essentially, is what it is in high school girl outfits. Yep. Um, the action and the look of this show is phenomenal. Uh, it is just a very generic storyline, and I'm assuming that there'll be like conspiracies and who backstab who and all that. But the main character, uh, Chitaso. Chisato, my god, I keep fucking shit up. Chisato is voiced by Chika Anzai, who did Reina from Sound Euphonium. So if you know who she is, she's the Kudere in Sound Euphonium. But here she plays like basically a ganky, energetic ADHD girl and plays it extremely well. Also, she's a badass. Then you get your actual Kudere, who is kind of got discharged, disavowed, and she's trying to find her way back not only into the organization that fired her, but sort of her way in life. And it's just about these two girls doing all these assassination missions or protection missions, essentially for the good of the city. So what's good about the show then? Why is it like already like uh, the highest recommended we have? Other than the fact that it is an 8.09, they've got some really good voice actors and some really good animation quality, and it's also A1 Pictures. But this is also like a series that came out at the same time as Engage Kiss, and animation quality-wise, both of them look very similar in that they're both very, very high quality. But why are we pushing for one over the other? Well, for me personally, it is the action beats themselves, are very well choreographed, very high octane, and is just a really fun series. I think Engage Kiss is still fun, but it kind of is gets more like it tries to be also a romantic comedy, whereas like Chorus Recoil is basically straight up action. One one thing I would say though that it, it kind of gives a point to Engage Kiss um, is it's definitely the riskier one of the two series. I think that it's kind of standard to have like a all assassination group doing escort missions and building a squad. Oh to, yeah, yeah, for sure. Whereas like the other one is just like you have a weird kind of like little supernatural love triangle with a not very conventional yandere, mm-hmm. a not very conventional ex-girlfriend, yeah. but a very dense and conventional MC. So like that's the thing where like engage kids like where you and I both agree. If there was one to go off the rails, it would be Engage Kiss. 
because it could easily kind of lose momentum, get lost in its story, and just try and find ways to scrap things together. In the same way where it's like Wonder Egg was a very, very out there premise, and it did really, really well up until the end, and then it dropped. It, it, it could totally happen with Engage Kiss. I just think that Lycoris Recoil is the quality, at least I feel, is extremely consistent. The premise, as Will, you said, it is very generic, really. But I think everything else around it, the production value, the voice performances, the even the music, everything is just done very, very well. It's such a crowd-pleasing show, and it doesn't disappoint. Now, Engage Kiss, I also agree that it can crash and burn, but there is a chance that by the end of this season, you and me will stop who cannot stop singing praise about Engage Kiss. And we'll say, like, of course, Recall is still good. It's still very, very good. But Engage Kiss is where you need to have your attention on. Like, from far away, you could see that Lacora's Recoil is going to be good, especially with the way they set the tone for the first episode. Actually, if you were to look at both side by side, they both are A1 pictures. The Chorus Recall actually aired one day before Engage Kiss. Right. So it had that one day advantage. And that may have played a role in it having a higher score. I don't know. They're it's both like, anime originals. So they're, we everyone didn't know what to expect. They both have exactly 100,000 members on, uh, on, on on Mal. Well, I think I think Engage Kiss has a little bit more. No, but you're right. Like, it's literally the same almost. Yeah. But what we're trying to say here is that they're both really fucking good shows. In fact, you should probably watch both of them, along with Uncle Isekai. If, if, if you're only going to watch three seasonals for summer, Uncle Isekai, Engage Kiss, and, like, The Course Recall. Yeah, and if you want, like, a left-field choice, Call of the Night, I think, is a very, like, unorthodox show. And is- uh, Pharmacy Isekai is essentially a good version of what an Isekai is this time with pharmaceutical sciences. But what we wanted to do here is that we're really pushing for Lacour's Recall because it's, 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 it's the most perfectly executed show. The music is done well. The voice acting cast is picked perfectly. The action sequences, top notch. Like there were some really crazy scenes in Engage Kiss, but if you were to expect good levels of consistency of good quality, you can't look further than Lacoeus Recoil. Yeah, I think that is really it, right? Like, I think uh, Lacoeus Recoil won't change in terms of its impression on people, and Engage Kiss will be divisive. Whether that divisiveness is good or bad has yet to be seen. But I think Lacoeus Recoil won't change in terms of its quality unless if it really sh- hit shit, like shit hits the fan. I think like because of the fact that these are anime originals and we're only like three episodes in for both of them, if we were to go by the end of the season, I could say, this is just me again. I don't know about you, uh, but you might be in, in agreement with me. I could safely say that Lacor's Recall will be able to consistently hit the right notes and even stick a good landing at the end. Whereas the course recall probably will have a good ending, but it'll be a rockier journey towards there. Like and I, it really does have to do a little bit more to maybe convince people that this is like the anime of the season. Like if I had engaged Kiss and like course recoil as like my two kids, I would 
pay less attention to like Horse Record because wow. I know it does okay. It's good. Like it, oh, man. it will sort itself out. You are a shit dad. God damn. Yeah, I know. But Engage Kiss, like that but, needs but, more but, attention. But the thing is that 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 that's uh, essentially the the myth that actually is true. There is always a favorite child. There is always a one that you want to take care of the Look, most. Why do I not have kids right now? Is because what I just said. Yeah. Well, it's also because there's too much anime to watch, and therefore, who has time to make kids? Or you rather watch, you know, anime of people who are trying to figure out if they should have kids. Hey, who knows? Maybe uh, when I marry someone there and then the stepmom, you know, becomes the ex and domestic girlfriend. And I'm not bringing my, Verma- I'm, Verma- not, I'm not bringing my kids around. Vermeil in gold, you know, whatever, blah, 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 blah. And that is the end of episode 39 for the good anime palette podcast. You can always reach us through our email, gapalette at gmail.com. That is G-A-P-A-L-E-T-T-E at gmail.com, all lowercase, all one word. You can also contact us on Twitter using the handle at PalletGood. That's capital P and capital G, all one word. I just realized that I used the wrong uh, housekeeping script. Will, can you can you, can you you cover me for like 30 seconds? Yeah, sure. Um, so just to sort of give like a little bit of a, a teaser into the upcoming episodes, uh, for episode 40, the big 4-0, uh, we'll be going over our new uh, iteration of the anime closet cleanup. Uh, so if you remember a while back, we did a little bit of a, a little bit of a, a hat pick where we just picked stuff out of a hat and uh, said that we're going to be consuming and reviewing a specific series um, that we have had on our plan to watch lists for the longest time. Before we go into that, uh, because of the fact that there's going to be stuff like Futo PI and uh, the Maid anime uh, that will be airing the weeks after uh, this episode releases, we'll probably be going over into it as well. So if you are fans of those series and you're upset that we're not covering them, don't worry. We will talk about them at some point. Uh, but you know, as they release. But if you're thinking we're going to be talking about Made in the Abyss and Damachi, I'm super sorry, guys. Or Rent a Girlfriend we're, Season we're, 2. We're, we're not watching those. You can send us uh, your hate mail if you want. And uh, I'm just going to repeat everything again. You can reach us through our email, gapalette at gmail.com, G-A-P-A-L-E-T-T-E at gmail.com. On Twitter, using the handle at palettegood. That's capital P and capital G. Or through our Discord server. So if you want to just talk to us and just tell us how wrong we are, the invite link is in the show description. We have a website. We encourage you to check it out, www.goodanimepalette.com, all lowercase, all one word. Music credits for this episode. Our intro music is Ninth Power by Henyo. Our break music is Salamanca by Sarah the Instrumentalist. I got it right this time. And our outro music is Golden Rules by Luak. You can support the music artists we feature by listening to them on Spotify, Apple Music, or other various music listening platforms. And a royalty-free music was provided by Epidemic Sound. And if you're interested, you can sign up using our referral link in the show description to get 10% on your first 12 months and the first 30 days of description for free. Terms and conditions apply. I'm still reeling from the fact that I had to put a drop on Yuri Deco. Like, I, as much as I love Young uh, Choi, as much as I love Masaki Yuasa and Sainsaru, it's... Look, I, I know that Masaki probably didn't have much to do or if anything to do with Yuri, Disc- uh, Yuri Deco. Um, but all right, so it's it's hard to fanboy about something, but then also be hit with the reality that something that's come out just really isn't good. I might be wrong. We might be completely wrong about Yuri and like the next couple episodes. I think as it be, currently yeah. stands, though, you're not wrong, in my opinion. It's it's so hard to do. So, it. It's so hard to do it to Saru. So, Will, now that we have gone over all our seasonal lineup 
what is your personal watch list that you're going to watch until the end, likely? Probably all of them. I would say, I mean, at least all of the stuff that's in the maybes and the recommends. Wait, um, you'll watch Ayumu as well? Why not? I mean, I haven't watched Takagi, so why not watch it as well? If I if I end up, I mean, like, I have a lot of free time, Jason. I have a lot of time on my hands to be able to watch stuff because... Uh, been watching a lot of anime uh, to catch up for the fact that uh, I may or may not be in uh, the recording studio uh, come October and November. Oh, speaking uh, more of on that, that, more on that later. Actually, yeah, but not just that. But um, I'll just mention right now, Will and I will be changing recording venues possibly after today, and we'll report on that. Yeah, very, very likely that we'll have a new studio. Um, so if there are any differences to the sound, if there's any, you know, sort of things that you notice are not the same as usual blame uh, will don't blame me yeah it's we're basically moving into a, a, a into my office basically my actual office and not the office that i currently work in so uh, yeah stay tuned for that hopefully the move goes well I'm, I'm really looking forward to having everything set up in the next two weeks and get everything ready for episode 40 i mean we won't say where we're located but we will don't now do- live don't dox us but but we're now living very close to each other i'll say that gross it is gross. Going to be able to hear all your anime that you're playing or not playing because you'll be reading manga instead. Hey, I, I like reading manga, man. You should get on that train too. Nah. Because then, anyways, I'm uh, always caught up on all the stuff I need to talk about for the Anime Palette podcast. Are, 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 is our food coming? It's yet? on the way. All right, cool. So, I'm hungry as shit. So we're, yeah. I, I, th- I don't know if they could pick up my stomach growling over the mics. The microphones are con- like they're, they're condenser mics. They're not going to be able to pick up. If they were dynamic mics, then maybe, yeah. All right. Well, that is the end of episode number 39. We will get back to you with another episode probably next week or the next two weeks. Yeah, we got a lot of stuff that's uh, already pre-recorded, so we'll go into those uh, when those specific episodes release. But if you're looking for a major, major, like regular episode release, stay tuned in two weeks when we go over our anime closet cleanup. It's going to be great. All right. We'll catch you guys soon. Peace. Peace.